back to Hostile Reconnaissance, our podcast. I'm Marcus. Sunny. And uh, today we're going to be talking about BlackRock. No, we're not talking about BlackRock. We're talking about woe moments. So it's times when... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's times when you've heard something and you've just been like, whoa. And, you know, that's the last reference to BlackRock that we're going to have. There'll be no kind of fingers up butts or whatever it is. I can't even remember what some of the lyrics are, but... Um, Fingernail liquor asshole like... Whoa. That's the one, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, well, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm aiming to avoid that. Uh, I might skirt the skirt the very edges, but no, we're, we're going to try and avoid that. Yeah, okay. So, I think the plan is we've got five things. Five... That was right, wasn't it? I'm, I was just going to clarify that. I've got... So I had it as wow moments, and I'm looking at my notes here, and apparently it was entitled top five WTF moments alright okay like yeah, I said yeah. like wow yeah okay so five yeah. alright okay cool alright I mean it could even be we might even upgrade that to WTAF right what okay. the actual fuck <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah 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 um, yeah yeah, in a good so, or bad sense, right? Like yeah. when the whole consistency thing, that like when you, the way you, your beautiful mind read consistent, you were like, we had that most consistent artist, and you were like, most consistently shit artist, which is a very <laughs> valid reading. And I never even thought of looking at it. So, for all I know, you're going to come out here with the fucking most shocking, awful moments in hip hop or something like that. Do you know what? I've actually probably got some on that. I don't, I, I've been very positive. I think I'm going through a very mellow time in my life right now. Right, um, okay. And I've been very positive, but um, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be able to think of a couple of those just, you know, off the top yeah. of my head. But now, I'm gonna. I, I intend to be positive because you told me off last time. Yeah. I was right. like, yeah. right. so no Humpty dance and shit like that. As in, like, what the what? fuck no, is going on? Digital no. Underground were awesome. Yeah. Anyway, the whole noses and the whole yeah. fucking Mark character marks thing <laughs> in the video. Nah, man, fuck it that. worked though. That's the thing. It worked. It got them where they need to and got this got the message out that they needed to. I mean, it's not <laughs> not the Humpty dance, but um, you know, yeah. and do what you like. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great track. Anyway, anyway. Okay, so five woe moments for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that that just made you sit up and kind of change your perspective. Um, okay, do you want to go first? I don't mind. I don't mind. I shall give. You know me. I always do things chronologically. That's the way my fucking mind uh, works. Because things build on the mind. You know, I think it's, it's again this uh, researcher in me. You look at the latest <laughs> literature, that's built on the past literature, so you start from the oldest first. And, yeah, but to anyway. be fair, like you I mean, that's how you write a, a, a citations list, a, yeah, a yeah. reference list. That's it, but, yeah. but it's not necessarily how you'd approach, say, analysis or something. You'd do it thematically, wouldn't you? And then you yeah, yeah. maybe build the story of the, how research has affected it. <laughs> So that's a nice way of me saying that I have no chronology at all. Okay. <laughs> For me, it's like, because these people have all built on, on each other, their shoulders are giants, so like, we can recognise. And I mean, some of them even sampled the other ones, so, you know, it's quite... Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Right. Uh, do you want me to go first? Sure. <laughs> okay, so this is not cr- chronology. In fact, probably in my... In my chronology, so yeah. it's not, yeah, not sort of dates and t- when it was released, but it's um, in when it kind of came to light, and it was a an album from Blue Note Records, yeah, fr- from a group called Us Three. Oh yeah, yeah, is, yeah, I know them. Yeah, so it's yeah, a, yeah, Br- yeah. It's British, a Br- British, British yeah, jazz yeah. group. Yeah, yeah, I know them. They're good. Uh, they're good. They are. They're brilliant. So mm-hmm. their, their first album. Um, mm-hmm. They had a couple of big hits from it. Um, oh, what was it? What was it called? That's Hand on the Torch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, uh, and it was 
two tracks on that album were woe moments for me. Mm-hmm. One was uh, the first track on the album, which is Cantaloupe Flip Fantasia, which uses a Herbie Hancock sample. Nice. Uh, and it's got, um, uh, oh, what's his name? The, oh, what? <laughs> one of the what's one of the uh, Rassan Kelly Rassan Kelly is one of the uh, uh, rappers and he raps mm-hmm. over this track mm-hmm. and, and he does a great job it's 1992 93 I think it was released nice nice, nice. Uh, and I heard it about that time because mm-hmm. I mean UK small town yeah man we don't you know but Cantaloupe was like a big hit I picked up the album because I, I loved it I had no idea why as like I don't know a 10 year old or whatever it was Mm-hmm. Uh, picked up the album but there's another track on it and it's called Tucky Eats Rhythm which was released as a another single yeah. uh, from the album yeah and that just blew my mind what sense what sense so Cantaloupe Flip Fantasia this amazing jazz you know this Herbie Hancock um, sample from Cantaloupe Island is just unbelievable it's so like iconic and and then you've got this okay it's not Rakim level lyricism but it's it's not far off it's intricate and it's Mm -hmm. kind of it's densely wordy and it's and it's good um, for someone at 10 years old who thought that and it was kind of a a great track but then Tucky Ute's Rhythm was just this uh, well Tucky was is the lyricist on it it's much more kind of like dance hall-y kind of um, like track it uses uh, like I can't understand a word saying um, it's like patois kind of you know yeah 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 and it's and I'd kind of heard that kind of you know Tribe Called Quest De La Soul you know that kind right, of the, the right. Cantaloupe Flip Fantasia you know yeah, that yeah. kind of normal rap and then yeah, I heard yeah. this what is I mean jazz rap I think at the time but that was my thing anyway yeah the jazz rap but just with this kind of like West Indian dance hall toasting kind of thing and it's you know I'd not heard KRS at that time yeah and it was done by some British people. Obviously, Tucky wasn't, but you know, it's just—it was like, wow. Did you hear? That, how did you hear? Did you hear on the radio? Or the, no, I'd heard, uh, I'd heard Cantaloupe um, on the radio. I think because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was released as a single, and I think it got into the charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for some reason, I ended up with the album. Yeah. And the album's really good. I mean, yeah. they use all the. I mean, they had full access to the Blue Note. Um, That's amazing. Records. That's amazing. So they That's could amazing. just go and sound anyone I mean they've got like everybody on there um, the second album uh, Broadway in 52nd has yeah. um, Shabam Sadiq as one of the MCs nice. um, and it and they and they actually go even deeper into the kind of sampling the third album I think they then go into kind of more live instrumentation and they end up le- leaving Blue Note after a few years but um, yeah it just you know that's a just, great shout that's a really I wasn't expecting that that's a great shout it's I a heard, good track I, I think I heard that album I went through their back believe it or not I went through their catalogue about 10 years ago so I'm looking at the the, the artwork and I recognise it yeah, but I listened to it once about 10 years ago I, worked, like, I had, had an us three phase when I went through them um, and they're good they're really polished they were really yeah. like, crisp weren't they they were really yeah. just like so, they'd be great to see live yes yeah we did a lot of touring I think yeah 
It's like, and I think you get a really mixed crowd there. I think you get people of like now my age, kind yeah. of like get, yeah, yeah. Maybe with like a little soul patch or something. White guys, obviously, but <laughs> kind of like just uh, like, yeah. I'm just going. I'm uh, I'm cool. This is fine. Um, and then I think you'd get people who like like you know not hardcore ho- hardcore hardcore hip hop, but I think you know hip hop fans would go. My introduction to him was that 2011 album Lychee and Steel because had this guy Ovius Maximus and a car. Yes. on it and then that made me I bought I had, that's the album I got and then I worked my way through their back catalogue because of that and they've been going for 20 years by then so this song yeah. so tell me what tell me about what, what was going on so it came on the radio you were like 10 years old and like you hear this thing and you knew Cry Poor Quest from our like you know compilation you know hip hop yeah. the pop CDs and what, what was going on in that in your in your little head in your ears like when you heard this what was what were you thinking did you play any like brass instruments or anything like that at school like what was going on no no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, I mean, my my like my dad's got. I mean, bless him. He's got a terrible taste in music. I think at the time he thought Deacon Blue was the pinnacle of kind of <laughs> musicality. Uh, so, I mean, my mum, my mum, you know, very much kind of David Bowie and you know Prince and you know that kind of music. So, obviously, got a lot more from her side Mm. from her musical taste but we weren't really a musical family but just I mean as I said about the about Tricor Quest can I kick it it's that drum beat that got me yeah and I don't I don't know if it's about the rhythm of it I don't you know or the the, what's the it's not the cadence is it the BPM basically Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's what's kind of like and or the the, you know that kind of the, the, the tone of it but the but that's a very kind of jazzy kind of sound, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and then yeah, there's it was jazz, yeah, it's jazz. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sonic, same thing. So that sound was really, was of like, was interesting, the kind of the hot, I mean, we've talked about, you know, horns and stuff like that. In fact, mm-hmm. I can't, you took the mickey out of me once for, when I gave you like a top five album uh, songs and you were like, you know, they're all just like horn songs. I'm like, I, I'm Pete Rock's white brother. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this this so like even there was a way into this. But then listening to the album, Tokyo's Rhythm came on, and it mm. is it's still that underneath. You know, it's still um, oh, who's what's the sample in it? It's um, Suki Suki by Grant Green. Well, I don't know that. Is that a, no. is that a West Indian song? What is that? No idea. No idea. Right. Um, I don't know if that's a jazz song or is it? Uh, yeah, I think it's a jazz song. I mean, it's on right, Blue right. Note, so I'm guessing it's probably. Yeah. But Grand Green was American, so. Um, yeah. So. It's like. You know, it's that kind of. And then there's this this kind of guy and you're like what what is he saying and then you have to kind of listen and try and work yeah. it out and I you know I'd heard of UB40 and I thought that was reggae <laughs> yeah. no they're good you, I've got a lot of respect yeah, yeah. for UB40 man they political message they're fair play to them man they're a great yeah. UK band man no I'm, I'm not but like that was my that like yeah, it's, that, it's that very, was the epitome it's, yeah of, yeah yeah it's not like safe it? it's like white oh, jazz yeah 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 <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah. So, so to hear this with yeah, somebody yeah. who doesn't have like a Birmingham accent was, yeah, um, yeah it was like, whoa, that is something different. And I, I like it. And, it, and I, I don't know why. And 
this is what I love about this podcast, man. It throws up things that I sometimes stuff that I've never heard, and sometimes stuff that I have heard, but that I didn't give due reference, due kind of deference to. So I want to go back and definitely listen to this album again, man. It's good. It's a good album. It's like so that. It's good. good. I go to work. It's good. Um, I think Lazy Day. I, I like as well. Um, I got it going on. I think is another. Is a is a good track. I think I've, the whole album's it's worth a listen. You can put it on in the background and it's absolutely fine, or you can sit and listen to it. And yeah. do you know what? That's a great it's album. The, in my opinion. Like, you know, people like Thelonious, obviously Horace Silver, the pianist. Yeah. I love people like that, man. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, you can't go wrong. Even just the instrument, even if the rap. What I found with a lot of these jazz rap albums, if, if that's what we're going to call them, a kind of genre, is that often, in my experience, the rapping can be can can leave something to be desired. Yeah, uh, the quality of the rap can seem a bit kind of throw one I'd, I'd rather like get rid of that I mean like the, the kind of gold standard of this kind of genre would be kind of Guru's Jazzmatazz I guess right he yeah. really popularises kind of like, you know and he had even had Craig David on number three or four didn't he yeah like, that was he, rubbish though. that was they, they were rubbish. The, the first two I thought were outstanding <laughs> first one was a genuine jazz record wasn't oh, amazing. it amazing the first two I thought were absolutely lounging right I remember yeah, the, yeah. The, the first two I remember just being absolutely outstanding and, and that was where he really found his groove because you know when he yeah. raps over you know um, check the technique the beat's too hard and Guru sounds too tame um, yeah. but on this he found his groove so um, yeah I thought it, it is hard isn't it to find the right rappers but yeah man, I'll, I'll definitely that's a great shout dude that's a, so I guess that would have laid the foundation for a lot of your subsequent kind of interest in like beat, you know kind of um, boom bap rap and stuff like that right absolutely I mean god 93 can you imagine if I'd have heard um KRS at that time. Wu Tang. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wu Tang actually probably wasn't that. F- yeah, it's a couple of years afterwards, about '95, I think. Yeah. I heard Wu Tang. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the yeah, this is definitely this shaped kind of my. Fa- I mean, it's still like nowadays my still fa- my favorite kind of music is that alternative rap or yeah. jazz rap or. Did you like that Urban Species as well? You must like them as well. Like that British kind of. I have no idea who you're talking about. Um. Okay, Urban Species were another UK British hip hop band. Um, kind of had that jazz rhythm, and the kind of um, the rapper had a very kind of like very sweet kind of you know nice to butter kind of voice. I think the album the album is called Listen. It came out in '94, um, and is I think you'd like. I think it'd be right up your street. If you like the, if you like that us three, you'd definitely like this. Oh uh, yeah, I'll go and I'll go and <laughs> yeah. I'll listen to that. that sorry. Yeah, sorry. Urban Species. Um, cool. Yeah, you, that's definitely up the street. Yeah, and there's something there's something very comforting about that sound. I don't know what it is. Early '90s, that kind of jazz, the Brit, especially a British. That's obviously a massive attack was coming up as well. Yeah, and there's more, more cheaper, more cheaper. Yeah, absolutely. When I love more cheaper. Love, I love more cheaper. And yet they're trip hop, aren't they? They're like yeah. proto trip hop. But when you hear that, there's something so like you said, you can have it on the background, have it on a date night, on a dinner night, and. Um, the amount of time I play like you know I know zero seven and later but like more cheaper you have the one when you're having like, a quote unquote dinner party which I haven't had in fucking I don't know, about ten years now but we used to have them that kind of sound right it's just something oh, safe yeah. about it yeah I uh, know I, I I would put I put zero seven I'd put more cheaper uh, maybe not some because they did a track with Pace one didn't they on one of their later albums yeah that's um, a good no but they I mean they they're great. Um, like that's amazing. I mean, I you know, I've just been dancing around with my kids in the kitchen to mm-hmm. Tucky Each Rhythm. 
because I wanted to listen nice, to it again. Nice, and I thought, nice, nice, chuck nice. it on, turned it up a bit in the in the kitchen, and the kids were coming through. Were like, what is going on here? I yeah, hear music, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then and then they're just kind of like walking through the kitchen, and then like the little shoulders are going. <laughs> oh, bro, I love that analogy. I love that link because yeah, I tell you what, I've been playing to my little one. It's quite different <laughs> because he's young. He's too young, so he, he can. I can play what the fuck I want, basically. I can swear, so it doesn't really matter. Fuck Yeah, it's really difficult to find music that doesn't have swearing in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really difficult. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my first one. Great, but that's a beaut. That was actually really. Um, that's quite an important first shout. It's not just like a wow moment, but it actually explains a lot about you know your whole you know the whole kind of musical odyssey you've gone down subsequently. It's really fascinating. Actually, that's really interesting. I like that. Go on, um, go on then. You do, do give us your yeah, first one. Yeah, my one is not as doesn't have a, the gravitas of that one whatsoever. <laughs> Mine was Buster Rhymes Wooha. <laughs> is, is that because you couldn't have uh, the other one? We're not allowed to say who might say whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, basically, you know, I was like, what? It came out in '96. I was 11 years old. I just moved back down to London. I remember yeah. my dad had Sky, which was like a massive deal. So we had MTV, that one channel, and that like VH1, whatever. And I remember just this, the video. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, the fish fish eye camera. Yeah, Hype um, Williams, isn't it? Again? Hype Williams, that whole yeah. thing. You know, it, was, it came out before Missy did her thing, really. Blew up, yeah. you know? And so, like, it was just the aesthetic. And, like, I was just like, we were all... Like, he had... Buster had such a massive influence on... Um, the quote-unquote urban music scene around my area because yeah. he came out right and he, and he did obviously people knew from the scenario verse but he came out you know and this is like his kind of solo project it was a solo project and the video had like you know it had onyx in it it had um, tribe in it obviously and it was just like sonically it was so fascinating wasn't it it was just such a kind of laid-back beat it's like this the most random sample from something called I don't know the fuck this is. It's Gout McDermott. It's a track called Space. So that's that din 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 din. That kind of refrain. And then it, it's a woman is sweeter soundtrack from 1969. So we're going back to my whole fucking thing of samples between 68 and 72. <laughs> Honestly, dude, it's so bizarre, isn't it? I don't know how that's happened, but it keeps it keeps surfing. I don't look for things within that range. It just keeps happening. Well, didn't, but, um, didn't, um, I mean, he's not particularly good musician but didn't uh, Paul McCartney say that there's no original music <laughs> like because there's only a certain number of things that sound good to your ear and that you can only combine them in a certain way so, I mean the thing is you can go back to fucking things like bark right you have, yeah. tw- you have you know, fucking certain amount you know octaves and you have 12 notes but what you can do within them and then you know is it yeah fuck Paul McCartney man you don't fuck that no, music to be honest yeah he don't know fuck all he's just conceited he's conceited as fuck but you know if you look at the Indian rock system and stuff like that there's loads of you know um, you know the scale is different for, for one and what yeah. you can do is so much more variable so yeah I wouldn't pay too much heat to what he has to say but um, in terms of the sampling yeah within hip hop it seems like we all know that, that James Brown is done to death but there seems to be a certain you know and because of 68 what's happening socio-politically in hip hop being revolution music well, in origin actually, actually I mean think about it most of the people that we're talking about was this mid 90s mm-hmm. this is the stuff that the, uh, the, the they as they're doing it that's what their parents were probably listening to well they had to use what their parents had on vinyl exactly so they yeah. got to use that's how, how it works doesn't it they use what their parents had on vinyl because then they could rework that so this whole and the 80s was disco wasn't it so what the fuck yeah. are you going to do with disco music and oh, 70s turned into disco so yeah so you're basically left with like you said when they cut the funding in the early 70s of schools and stuff then 
that's why people use their parents' funk records, soul records, and they turn them into hip hop. So there is, you're, you're totally right. There is a reason why. But there's a sound that's been made then. I mean, that doesn't. I mean, people use Ethiopian music from the similar time as well. Something was happening. Obviously, we know socio-politically as well worldwide. Um, Fasa, it is a curious. It's not even a coincidence, is it? It's beyond coincidence now. It's been yeah. studied. But um, but the track is has been going back to Wuha. I mean, obviously, it's just a really playful track, right? Wuha got you all in check. And then for the next five, six years, the video, the nostrils. But like, he was fascinating because you know, like, who's the guy who sang? I was a little, wish I was a little bit short. It's too short, right? Skilo. Skilo. Two shorts from um, uh, Los Angeles. Isn't oh, he? Or is he no. Oakland? Oh, yeah. Oakland. So, Skilo. Out the trunk. Yeah, Skilo. That's right. I wish Skilo. I was a little Because I think that's like the same year, I remember. Yeah, yeah. wish I was a bowler. Yeah, but like, I remember this being. Buster was fascinating because he was like a big black dude, right? With big dreads and everything. And like, he was physically imposing, right? And he, is, he is physically imposing. And yet, here he was, and he wasn't playing the 50 gangster or anything like that he wasn't being the big bad guy he was really playful and kind of um, self-deprecating the whole time he was cartoonish comic book-esque right and like he was so fascinating to just watch for a 10 11 year old mind to just watch this guy on he was so mesmerizing to see visually it was a really surreal thing to look at on tv never seen anything quite it was so cartoonish so it's obviously going to engage you i just had the video on now my son is six months old he was just watching you know vicky's laughing because he's just watching Watching the video because the colors and the schemes the whole thing is just so out there in the sounds and Saturn was there just staring at the screen just mesmerized by all this you know often he loses interest after about 10-15 seconds but he found himself quite en- enraptured by this and then Buster from 96 to 2003 was the soundtrack to pretty much every single fucking party or night out like you yeah. know from part- I remember my 18th birthday party it was 2003 and the track that sent the dance it was a surprise party and the D- I didn't choose the DJ that got the DJs and everything they, they were good guys and the track that fucking sent the dance floor wild was Break Your Neck people oh. just went fucking nuts and when it stops you know it's perfect party music yeah. like I was playing it earlier on the headphones walking and it's not it doesn't work because after 30 seconds I just wanted to skip the track because I'm not going to walk while I'm you know carrying my child and listen to four minutes of a Buster Rhyme song because it ain't, it ain't the right place walking in the woods when it's raining do you know what I mean like, it is so it's, it is made for a time and place and for that for a certain period of life like Buster Rhymes was a kind of soundtrack to childhood from like 11 to 18 and um, I mean it was sampled in Bangra music you know the whole famous Punjabi MC Mundi at the Bachikira the Punjabi MC that track that's in everything which yeah. samples a Knight Rider rhythm it's basically it's just ripped off um, the Buster Rhymes Knight Rider tune yeah. you know turn it up fire it up um, so yeah Buster Rhymes man game changer it was like literally what the fuck and then it stayed for like you know Buster Rhymes man big I chose I tried to choose wild moments that I mean I could I could have chosen 93 chosen you know Wu-Tang or something but I tried to yeah. choose things that we haven't really given much um, attention to so that's why I think really Us 3 was brilliant shout and I thought Buster deserves his, his flowers as well man he's a good dude as well man the dude really knows his shit man he's a hip hop oh, he yeah, he's a good and he's a good guy from all accounts he's a good guy well do you know what? I actually had it on my list as a scenario because when he when he yeah, came man. out oh yeah you know that that was a wow moment wasn't oh, it oh yeah but, yeah yeah definitely we've kind of talked about we haven't talked about that track because it wasn't a posse cut was it no but I mean it's, we don't it, need it, to if we don't need yeah. to the track yeah. is it's such a bona fide moment isn't it I mean it's like yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's a moment in hip hop isn't it 
Absolutely. Absolutely. There's <laughs> <laughs> not a day that passes that I don't do the dragon bit with my son. <laughs> and the bit, that bit kind of makes no sense as well, but it's the bit that sticks in everybody's head, doesn't That's it? it? Yeah, yeah, like a dungeon dragon. That's it. <laughs> well, who was it? Was it Cardi B? Mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj. Nicki yeah, Minaj, yeah. She yeah. made the whole song out of it. Yeah. yeah. Ruined it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. Shall I do another one? Yeah, man. Okay, Dude, right. the bench has been set so hard now, high now oh, after us man. three, man. Seriously. Uh, Skeeter? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> um, okay, right. I've been to many live performances. Of any In Lincoln, style. really? It hasn't yeah, happened yet. I, right. I know, you'd be surprised. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't tend to get the hottest um, hip-hop acts. Um, yeah, yeah. I think we got Keith Chegwin once. Anyway... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I went to, it was, it was first year of uni and went to an event and had no idea what I was kind of expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to an event and these three white guys walked out onto stage uh, and there was like DJ equipment set out. Beastie Boys? Nah. <laughs> nah. I didn't think so, yes. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Bring the bar down a little bit. Um, <laughs> So that, uh, and basically, they just started DJing, uh, and they and they kept mixing in all these tracks that I'd heard, all these okay. hip hop tracks, yeah, yeah, and blending them. And you know, this is—I'll be honest—I didn't really know what. Uh, yeah, a DJ was just somebody who hung around with an MC, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, they were, they were, it was a scratch perverts. Nice. They're yeah. dope. They're fucking dope, They're man. Fucking so dope. It's a very yeah. British theme going on here, eh? I've got another one as well. Yeah, um, yeah but yeah. that's for later down. But. Yeah, Scratch Perverts. Yeah, man. So is it Tony yeah. Vegas? Is it Plus One? And somebody and somebody else, I can't remember. But yeah, they came out and they just did something I'd never... I mean, you know, like you, you pick up a track and there's a, an album or something with a DJ or a mixtape, a DJ's mixtape, and you just yeah. hear them kind of mixing from one track to another. What, you, what I'd never heard before, and they did it live, like, perfectly. They're amazing. Was, was just, you know throwing samples in just randomly and yes. just it oh it's just unbelievable and that was just i was i was stood there um and obviously no one else liked hip-hop or very very few people liked hip-hop so they didn't but i was there just like almost just taking notes like oh my god that was they just included a bit of rakim in there oh my god they've just you know what's that, what was that? and then you kind of like oh there's a lyric and i'll go and kind of search for that what that lyric I is and this, the, i love this and it was unbelievable and it, and I didn't know what, like the other people kind of dancing because it's like, hey, hey, it's music. Um, and it was like, whoa, what are they doing? And you just, and dope. I was right at the front as well. So you could see their kind of hands. They were up on a stage, but you could kind of see what, it's just like, what on earth are they doing? And like someone would grab something out of a box and chuck it back, you know, a new 12 inch book, chuck it out. And it's like, these guys are just so amazing. I mean, obviously I've watched all the um, DMC competition stuff on youtube and yeah, yeah. and you know and and listen to quite a bit of other stuff but that was the first time i kind of went oh my god how can you make music without actually have you know i got about sampling and stuff but this was just live instrumentation using your instrument was the 12 inch yeah yeah they're mad what a great fucking name as well the scratch perverts scratch perverts i mean you know and like i've got you know executioners albums i've got you know all sorts of other random stuff since then like uh, Zen Cuts which is a big not Big Dada but it's the same label family 
mm-hmm. um, Ninja Tunes. Mm-hmm. So Zen Cuts is there, and they've got lots of that kind of stuff. And I think they might have even been involved with, with them sometime, which I kind of picked up later. But yeah, that blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. Well, I saw that I've seen them in Shepherd's Bush before um, at DMC uh, event, and it's fucking insane. Oh, they're great. Just insane. I think I've seen them three times live, um, and every time it was just amazing. They're they're incredible. Incredible. yeah, no, no that's a, I didn't expect that because you always go for the um, lyricism. So I was, re- I'm really taken aback that you've used DJs because um, they're not even really. They are obviously producers, but primarily they're DJs. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, I mean, I saw them at the DMC in 2001, Shepherd's Bush. And it's just fucking unreal, like un- unreal, like jaw droppingly good. Like you're like yeah. how like it's almost like you need a fitness test to be able to do what you do on stage, right? I mean, it is unbelievable what they do. Um, just just watching them, the air for you detail. Yeah, honestly, their attention to detail as well, the ear that they have. Um, yeah, I can see, I can see why it's a genuine jaw-dropping wow moment. Definitely, man. I mean, they've done stuff like again, someone that we don't give enough uh, flowers to. That I want to give flowers to is Jest. I think Jest is un- unbelievable. Yeah. You know, you know, he is. You know, forget all your Professor Greens and this guy who's the latest talk of the town. H A I T C H. All these British white boy rappers and stuff. This guy, he fucking knows his shit. He is an absolute living encyclopedia of hip hop, uh, not grime, hip hop. And um, yeah, man, in terms of production, in terms of digging, in terms of rhyme schemes, I mean, that Return of the Drifter shit and all that. And he's worked obviously with Scratch Perverts closely. And, you know, dude's probably not even got fucking that much money to his name and stuff. I hope he's able to make a good living and stuff because he is absolutely, you know, in terms of like, people don't get rewarded for their talent. This is going to come, this is going to come back later. You know, all right, let me give us a spoiler alert now. For the bars we've done this uh, edition on Canada, yeah. Uh, I've also answered another question of yours, which was a topic which was <laughs> that very kind of um, nasty, the haters one, the shittest MC. I figured out who the shittest MC is about the same. I can, two birds in one stone. I know who the shittest MC is, and that links to Jest, because Jest is the complete opposite of that. Jest is everything that that shit MC is not. Jest is just so fucking polished. Well, like he just knows his history, you know, in terms of rhyme schemes, instrumentals. Like he fucks with people like Scratch Perverts, so you know the level of yeah. production he's dealing with. You know what I mean? It's um, it's a beautiful thing, man. Scratch Perverts is a great fucking shout. You made me genuinely happy with that one. That's <laughs> no, good, man. That was uh, that was the aim. Don't worry, it goes downhill from here. I've used my best too. Bro, bro, us three and Scratch Perverts. And you know the funny thing is, my my decision, my um, choices are very British oriented as well. So this is quite. Something must be going on about being I, close to I, home. I have one more that's British as well, mm. but we'll come to that in a bit. We'll do that See, on next. I, I, I didn't remember the parameters. So I had, I did have five because that's you know the kind of number we tend we tend to go with. And then when I was walking my kid earlier, I came up with three more. Okay. <laughs> so now, now I'm thinking, shall I maybe well, we, replace we, some? We've got honourable mentions. We always do honourable mentions. It's yeah, fine. I, but yeah. I don't want to like you know take the piss and, and spend too much time. But I mean. I mean, there's one that I've got here that I might actually reduce to an honourable mention now. I don't know. I'm conflicted now. Oh, fuck it. I'll do it. Okay, anyway, I'll get rid of this one. Um, <laughs> get rid. Is there anything else you want to say about Scratch Perverts? Because that was a great fucking show. I'm so glad you gave them their, their flowers, man. Uh, no, just, yeah. I think they've got 
they're still they're still out there, aren't they? I oh think. yeah, man. Tony Vegas still, is. Well, isn't it? What else are they going to fucking do? They're not working well, for. That's you know? true. <laughs> that's true. Office. Yeah, that's true. Well, they might do. You never know. But I think they've got residency somewhere, haven't they? They mm-hmm. don't. I don't think they tour as much. But yeah, I mean, bloody hell, that's that's twenty odd years. That's twenty years ago. Yeah, God, I feel fuck. Old. Shit, yeah. But yeah, that blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind that that was possible. And it just happens that they're British. And it just happens that they're. I mean. 2001 with a team DMC champions Bro, oh, f- dude, 99 was, plus was, one won in one year didn't he on his own dude I was and at the 2001 event in Shepherd's Bush so if they won it I didn't re- I, remember, I don't remember who won but I remember just it being amazing I was I was, I was, I was pissed and there was a lot of drugs involved but <laughs> if they won then great because I remember being there and I remember being blown away <laughs> yeah yeah no, they, no plus one won the world DMC title Damn. Oh no no they won the team ch- team in oh, 99 and did that so yeah you were there when they won. So oh, there's mi- Jeez I wouldn't be, I would fail a lie test because I don't remember who the fuck won. I couldn't tell you who won. I was there though. I know I was. 2001 Shepherd's Bush Arena. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah they're at Fabric now. Oh sweet. It's the drum and bass venue. Primarily yeah. but yeah sweet. And do their own production stuff. So well, yeah. That's some two London. That's two British acts man. That's cool. Yeah well, Prime Cuts and Tony Vegas. I'm, I'm a f- my initial choice, dude, for number two here was Wu Tang. Obviously, because Wu Tang '93 were done to death, right? The yeah, whole kind yeah. of, you know. So I had the Reunited '97, you know, with the fiddles, the fucking no. There was no samples in that track, you know. Just the MCs in that track, the opening track to um, Forever album '97. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, given the the route we've gone down, I have some alternatives. So I'll, I'll, I'll I'll forego the Reunited. I won't wax lyrical about that. <laughs> so let me move forward. Let me move forward. So chronologically now with my other scribbles, the next one I'm going to introduce now is again. So that would that would see your scratch perverts <laughs> and raise them. Mm, yeah, but I don't want to be disrespectful to them. I would be disrespectful to you, but not to them. Okay. <laughs> but um, I would I would see scratch perverts and meet them with um, so DJ Crush I always bang on about fucking DJ Crush I, do, I, I, got, I don't know what I've, I've, I've got a, love, a lot of love for this Japanese brother man have, have so you got a crush on Marcus, DJ Marcus don't like this Marcus, Marcus no? not, not like this Marcus but there's the album it was like a, a mix of his uh, Code 4109 and it was 2000-ish I heard it much later I couldn't tell you when I first heard it but when I first so it's a mix so all the tunes obviously you know they seem into one another it's just like a DJ mix and track number four is you know DJ Cam the French dude uh yeah this is a track called No Competition No Competition yeah and track four DJ Crush drops um and he mixes it between a, a DJ Apricot track before that and this Beats International afterwards I love Beats International man you know the um uh, just that'd be good to me yeah, yeah. that'd be good to me is one of my favourite tunes of all time it's on my like Desert Island disc I think it's I think it's an amazing track that'd be good to me is just unreal for so many reasons but that's a different podcast um, so it comes in between those two it's sandwiched in and Marcus when this beat drops it's about two minutes into the track track four on Code 4109 and the yeah, track yeah. drops things happened in my body like it is and every time I hear it now it is just you know there's there's something about a drop yeah and this drop and it goes all the massive and it pauses and it just 
it is just fuck I can't even words fail me that's why it's you know it is what it is it is just an unbelievable moment and I remember you know having this in my collection for how many years and god I was I was on um how do I summarize this I was when I was living in the Caribbean I was working I used to work for a food charity I was on the truck and this guy came to volunteer with us we had volunteers most days to help us pick up and deliver food and he's a family friend a guy called Elliot he's a music producer from uh, Bristol uh, originally from Pembrokeshire and he's a friend of a friend and he was there volunteering with me and he was you know he was doing his degree was in sound production and we just got talking away and he was talking about Wu-Tang and blah 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 and we were talking about what his thesis was and stuff like that and we're just geeking out and he was he was he used, he used to play for an indie band I think he played bass for an indie band but he was a big hip hop head um, and we just I don't know how the conversation got there but we both landed on this track and we both were like the drop in that track and it was like you know when you met the love of your life like it was just like yeah. it was just as much and we're, we're friends ever, st- ever ever since you know this is like you know seven years ago now and um, but we both had the you know again without getting too geeky you know, one of my favorite philosophers, Adorno, says that, you know, one of those things in life that you hope for is that someone somewhere, someplace felt the same thing you did about something. Beautiful. You know what I mean? And, yeah. you, ca- and you can't ever know it, though. Right. You, that's the whole thing. It's, it's, it's um, ineffable. That's the thing about music is ineffable. You cannot articulate it in words. You know, me and that guy, his name's Elliot. We can't articulate what we felt. But we got pretty close to articulating the oomphness. That's what we're trying to do in this podcast. And it, but when you have that with someone, it's like, I trust you. So I don't, you know, you could be, for all I know anything else about you, I don't know, but I know you, you feel that. So if you feel that, ergo, I have something with you. It's like quantum entanglement, isn't it? Yeah, oh, something like that. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Did you feel that too when I felt that? Like, you know, yeah. like just that. And that's that communal thing that people have been missing through the pandemic, you know, without getting too philosophical, but that communal sharing of an experience of like looking to your left and right when a goal is scored or a wicket's taken or a beat drops. And you're like, I don't know you. You might be a complete cunt and you might vote differently to me and you might have different political opinions and etc. But you feel what I'm feeling now. I can see it in you. I can see it. Do you know what I mean? Well, you're, you know, you're the philosopher, you know, you're or the, the, you study philosophy. It's that, I suppose it's that grounding realism, isn't it? Like, is my life real? Have I experienced this? And are other people joining me in that, in that experience? And it's, it makes it concrete, I guess, doesn't it? Like, can you believe this? Yeah, this, I mean, this, it's like, you know, they say, was it a problem shared is a problem halved, but enjoy shared is joy multiplied, man. Oh, seriously. Yeah. Exponential. The, the, and that's why 80, why do we pay money and queue up in turnstiles and take pisses and troughs we get piss blown back on us and do all the nonsense of going to a venue and all that you know as grown adults you know to be around 60 80,000 people for that communal experience right for the same thing that you can have in your headphones at home there are some things that you just the human condition we are social animals and so but anyway we've gone so far from no competition but no competition do you know do you know you might have you probably have heard the track dude it's so you know, I have I have because you were the one who well so you kept banging on about DJ Crush so I went and kind of listened to all this <laughs> yeah. you know just kind of like seriously is he still going on about this and I mean I suppose I should go and actually listen to it so I did I have I've kind of gone through it and yeah I know why you go why you've made such a fuss uh it's a very interesting sound he has. No one sounds like Crush. No, no one sounds like it's very, very dark underground sound, isn't there? 
yeah, it's it's good. It's a good sound. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, that's it's it's not radio friendly. It's not oh, something no, no, you'd no. hear on MTV bass, is it? No, no, no. Of course not. It's not radio friendly. It's. I mean, funnily enough, Elliot went to see him in. Um, uh, it went see crushing. Frixton Academy a few years ago and he asked me I, I couldn't I was in Wales at the time writing my thesis and he went down I said was it good and he said dude didn't come on until like two in the morning <laughs> he goes that suit he goes he goes the bass and he dropped he dropped this track as well and he goes dude the, the guy's a master he knows exactly what he's doing but he's yeah. a master yeah crushes an un, in, in hip hop conversations his name never got on all the forums if you you know do the bullshit source which we're gonna you know boycott and stuff his name never comes up but the, in the in the rap world people know they they know who crush is I mean crush is mad respected man mad respect from Eminem to you know CL Smooth you name them they all they all respect him he's got to be up there with one of the best sort of producers yeah definitely Und- underground producers especially definitely, of all time definitely, definitely. He's, for me he's better than Shadow and people will scoff at that and they'll say you know Shadow's a better crate digger and he is and the first album with um, introducing introducing uh, Midnight in a Perfect World is perfect I mean when I heard that that was amazing that was a wow moment I mean that yeah. track is fucking perfect <laughs> but my problem with Shadow is that he's fallen off since then his last album was just shit just shit for someone who's got the largest crate collection in hip hop dude seriously Madlib will piss all over him but anyway yeah yeah no I think uh, yeah anyway no competition DJ Crush no competition there you go <laughs> no competition DJ <laughs> Crush no I think that's uh, god the standard high today bro that was an afterthought I just scribbled that down literally five minutes before and I was going to talk about that but yeah given that we're going down the instrumental route I thought I felt a bit I feel feel bad for always dropping instrumentals when I know you're a lyrics man but it's all good (laughs) Um, I mean yeah I'm checking some of my honourable mentions now Mm -hmm. not an instrumental but just and it wasn't the rapping it was the it was the double bass bugging out Tribe Called Quest do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? It's just that. Yeah, if 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 you know if Fife didn't come in on that, I don't think I'd mind. The problem is now that you mention it, I can't not want it. Like it's just, yeah, too good. No one theory is just perfect. It's the best. It's like the best hip hop I've ever made, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's on there. Uh, had had respiration just because it's so beautiful. I think it's yeah. What did it? But what did it make you feel though? Like when you heard it, that obviously you would have been. That was later in your you know yeah. life, so you've you've heard enough hip hop by that point. So like when you hear that, what makes you think, fuck? I couldn't believe that's just happened. It's it's where everything's kind of everything is just hit the perfect point. It's good la la ciudad esperando, and then yeah. it just bang, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's the perfect story. It's just three of three technically amazing MCs coming together and probably doing the best bars of their life. Or oh, it works perfectly together. Like it's a uh, what's what's the word where everything comes together perfectly? Syn- synchronistic. Synchronicity. Yeah. 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 yeah it's it's, it's like that. Are, it's, the stars are aligned with that one. That's the yeah. It is. Um, so I mean, respiratory. I mean, I had oh no by Farrah Munch. 
in there as well just well I say both Faramonch there are some other people on it on the track as well but um, just his bars are just you know you just stand there and you're just like open mouth the first time I heard it like Moss comes in and was just like bang and then Pharaoh comes in and you're just like that was it like, yeah I know it is obviously a wow moment but it's obviously a done to death wow moment yeah, like, we, yeah, yeah. Like, every, like I remember because I think what was so good about it it was it was it was stealth done in public like yeah. you've just done that on MTV base like the whole world can see that yeah like, it, so like it, you know you know, this is going to sound really dick now, you, if there's one person that will identify this is you <laughs> so because I'm a dick yeah so, okay, yeah <laughs> after my own heart so, <laughs> like it was great you feel happy you, this is amazing but you almost feel like this has been like belittled by being on MTV base with fucking you know Sharon down the road's gonna see this and it's just gonna be eat, drinking a cup of tea and not paying any mind and like oh yeah I heard that new pheromone oh, yeah, well, imagine you're in Br- Birmingham because you know I have the most disdain for Brummies yeah. well, oh, is that, that, that new song from Lyricist now there's Nate Dogg oh no no well it would just be it would just be the Nate Dogg track yeah, the, uh, yeah because they wouldn't have any idea what's just fucking happened do you know what I mean like it's completely fucking wasted on them it's like it's like yeah. giving them a really good single more and going oh we could just mix that with some coca-cola yeah with some uh, with some yeah uh, Aldeon brand do you know what but, I mean like that, that it annoyed me that someone so fucking great and such a like oh, this is again me being a hipster or, or pretentious or, yeah pretentious is the word but like I was annoyed that the whole world could see him see that and not and there was but people didn't get it they didn't recognise it because you know they say that's, real recognise real people couldn't recognise it but that's fine I'm fine with that I mean I went through a similar sort of thing with Eminem when Eminem came out and yeah. and, and then it kind of and like people were like oh, yeah yeah I've heard Eminem ha ha he's you know really popular my name is ha 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 and you know that kind of mm. yeah but you don't know you don't know what he's doing to make stuff so and yes it's weird and you're talking about all the sex and the violence and stuff like that but you don't know what he's doing as an MC that makes him so special I'm fi- I'm fine with Pharaoh just coming out and just just I mean it's hallelujah isn't it Oh yeah, hallelujah for very much control. Yeah, just oh, it's it's, it's, it's like you said, it's, it's jaw dropping. Yeah. The Eminem, the track that got me, I didn't like the whole my name. That's the that's the yeah. Lavi Sibfri um, sample, isn't it? The old the Welsh singer and stuff. But the one that got me that got me onto Eminem was Role Model. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that track, his flow dum, and dum, the content. Dum, dum, dum. Oh, that's guilty it, conscience, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Roll the one he goes, you yeah. know, I, I said, I cut my penis off and jump from a yeah. tree. Don't you want to grow up to be just like me? Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. the whole thing is just insane, man. I remember that track. <laughs> that's the track that made me an M fan. Mine was there was a track, and I think it was it, it appeared on a D12 album, but it's early. I'm sure it's earlier than um, my name is, and it's uh, No One's Illa. I ain't heard that. I don't think. Well. It's on the D12 Purple Pills or whatever, whatever I, the one. I fucking had that, man. I saw. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. But it's it's good. But it had uh, who's a his really weird friend 
Oh, bizarre. Bizarre, yeah. That, well, oh. you said really weird, yeah, bizarre. Fucking bizarre. the guy who talks about fucking 12-year-old babysitters. Well, that's the one, yeah. And you probably know the track, but yeah, no one, no one's iller than me. Yeah. Uh, that was the first time I was like, whoa, like this guy's... Got... Anyway, we're not talking about Farrah because that's been done to death. We're not talking about him. Yeah. So I just thought oh. I'd chuck some of those out there. Um, I'm going to go... And I, and I would have mentioned Big L because we don't talk about Big L, but the first time I heard, I think it was um, a Bonix was the first track I heard. And it was just like, oh, that's what they all mean. Right, great, excellent. I've got my hood notes, <laughs> my spark notes for, <laughs> for what they get us. No, it's just, but it was just to take something and do it so simply to explain and build something together so simply was just it's just amazing isn't it I just, and Big L is just one of the best lyricists of all time biggest losses man I've got his albums I've heard them and is it I'm mistaken did he do some stuff with Big Pun as well right yeah yeah I remember hearing that stuff thinking I remember hearing the stuff with Big Pun at the time when I heard it I was like this is like next level shit yeah um, and I think obviously because of the fact they both died you kind of forget when I'm searching for tunes and I'm you know going to my my player and I'm putting a name I forget about them criminally you know I need to I need to make an, a conscious effort to actually go back and uh, listen to Big Girl and Big Pun because that Capital Punishment album is fucking oh, incredible man. that is a great album and yeah a Big Girl changed things for me right, Lifestyle's the poor and dangerous man yeah Big Pun didn't yeah but, so that's why it's earlier isn't it as well yeah Big Girl oh just genuine like people talk about Biggie and they talk about Tupac as the best rappers yeah because people are stupid yeah I know but (laughs) Big O never gets mentioned in those conversations and he should I think he's that he was that I mean he's much better he's better than both he he didn't I I would for me of the people who kind of died young he's the one that I most mourn in that what could he have become because I think like technically he's so good but he had such a, he had quite an interesting range and it would have been interesting to see where he went kind of his you know they say with the footballers and stuff his ceiling was highest yes he had the highest ceiling of all of them Biggie had reached his ceiling I think yeah. because you can hear it in the posthumous release it wasn't great was it Life After Death it wasn't great no, <laughs> the, he, the, I, he, yeah I think it, he just his it, debut recorded album all he'd done yeah his I mean, debut Tupac, album Tupac was, had a, had a range right he, he, yeah. he had a limit and that was a good five and a half six out of ten one I mean he wasn't gonna go beyond that Tupac was fine he's an orator but he wasn't a great rapper was he no but uh, Big L I mean we're talking about a fucking lyrical beast here we're talking about someone who as you said isn't it it's it, yeah what he could do on the mic I mean it goes over my head half of it it's, it's so triple quadruple entendres and stuff like that yeah. I mean it's unbelievable he's fucking early 20s I don't know how you can be so fucking clever the guy was a fucking mensa genius to be honest yeah oh I, they're unbelievable unbelievable some of the things that he does uh, on the mic I'm just trying to so like Vonix was the track that that kind of um, was the one that I kind of first one I think yeah, that I kind of grabbed it and then there was a 98 freestyle which appeared oh, like, yeah, on his man. second album yes 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 yes. I mean, that's that the one. 98 yeah, freestyle yeah, 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 yeah. is just unbelievable so I, 
I'm trying to think of some of the lyrics on it. You've got, um, uh, fuck the guy my own glitz, I plan to get rich. I'm from New York, never found one the Knicks. Uh, I mean, that's how it kind of started off, doesn't it? Um, oh, what is it? There's one towards the end. Just the way he puts some things together. So um, that's why it's hard to read back. It's like reading up, yeah. reading back a stand-up comedy uh, set. You can't do it because it doesn't work out of context, does it? That's the no. problem. Yeah. But he's, you know, people talk about uh, Lil Wayne with like great lines. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. but he's not a patch on Big L. I mean, here oh, we no, go. No, 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 not in the same the, league, not in the same game. I, and, he's and, good. And, he's good, but he's not Big L. <laughs> oh no, this we're talking like with you know Champions League sort of thing. So like. Yeah. Um, uh, what is it? Um, before I buck lead, I make a blo- lot of bloodshed. Turn your tux red. I'm far from broke, got enough bread. Add, uh, and mas- mad hose, ask Beavis, I get nothing but head. <laughs> it's layered, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's so. Do you know what it is? It's like someone who knows they're going to die soon, so they've got to pack in all the references and everything got to say, and every syllable counts. Not word, yeah. every syllable counts. It's so dense, so densely packed. And the bits where he misses, where he misses the syllable, yeah. that count. I mean, it's, yeah. it's rapping. It's, it's efficiency in rapping it. But with humour. Yeah. And I mean, it was horror, wasn't it? For, for me, yeah. it was like, I got introduced to him because the whole, the Hannah, that horror element to what he was doing, the kind of grotesque, the kind of out there stuff. I remember thinking when I first heard him in the mid-90s, I was thinking, this guy's just fucking nuts. This guy's just too much. Um, you know, from what I'm listening to, if I'm listening to Buster Ram's Wuha, and I'm a young kid, I can't be fucking listening to Big L. Big L's not for me. I'm not writing for fucking 11-year-olds. Um, Big L, I got to later in life, as I did with Big Pun and people like that. I got onto them, to be honest. I think it was KRS talking about how... I think it was KRS actually talking about the best lyricists he'd ever heard in hip-hop. And he, he was name-checking Big L, Big Pun. It seems like you have to word, have the word big in front of your name. Well, you say that, I mean... Um, yeah, I think Lil's the only li- like Lil rapper who's I I would rate is um, uh, Lil Fame from MOP. <laughs> you don't write Lil Wayne, do you? Nah. <laughs> hey, I can see that. I can see the talent. I can see the appeal, but and I understanding. How, I mean, I've got more respect for him now. I understand how he actually puts his rhymes together because it's basically all freestyle, isn't it? He does no prep work. Mad. He just oh, kind of steps up and just. The guy was born in the pocket. He was yeah. born in the pocket. It's absolutely insane. It sounds like a fucking frog. I didn't know what the fuss was about. And then there was a moment which where the penny drops. Um, and it would actually link to my next um, choice, actually, funnily enough. Well, let's let's use that as a segue. Did you actually give me your choice? I don't. It, was your choice Big L? Oh, no. Uh, yeah, why not? It's Big L. <laughs> We talked about a lot of different things there. I don't know. Actually, no, what, that what was, was the, they, were, the, they were my honourable mentions, but now you come to speak of it, actually, Big L. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll have that. Yeah. So what do we lose? Uh, I don't know yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've got um, another 30 on my list to be fine. Okay. Um, so what about I've scratched Wu-Tang, scratched um, Buster. Crush. Yeah. yeah. So let's go with... All right, so let's, remember I, I texted you and I asked you if you knew Dan the Sack's Groovy's Pit? Yeah. Because this is the most obscure choice I had until... Yeah, that is the most obscure choice I had. Everything else you'll know. Um, so that album, Angles, 
yeah. uh, angles. The, the eponymous Thou shall not kill. Yeah, that was a great track. That's why I first loved that track. Yeah, it's brilliant. You know, Pixies, just a band. Yeah. <laughs> um, the eponymous track is obviously about someone who commits suicide, isn't it? It's yeah. really fucking deep. Dan the Sat, the producer, Scrooby's Pip, the um, the wordsmith. Um, he's a poet, isn't he? He's a poet. MC, yeah. yeah, he's a poet. And I've actually seen him live in Cardiff in 2013. He was the headliner at an event. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he has a pr- prolific stutter, but when he performs, he doesn't stutter. You know, I don't, I'm, not a psycho- I'm not a psychiatrist I or neuroscientist. I did not know that. Profound stutter. That. Profound, profound stutter. But he doesn't, and he even says on the album, he goes, sometimes I stutter when I utter my words. Um, but when he raps and rhymes and stuff, he, he doesn't. Um, and he has his podcast, Distraction Pieces, where he does stutter profoundly with his guests and stuff. You know, he has a stutter. <laughs> yeah, so this is the last track on the album is right up your street because um, it's like a 10 minute track six minutes of a track and it's got a gap of like two minutes silence and then it's got like a bonus track right so it's right up your fucking you like the end of the albums don't you yeah so you'd like this um, so this track is called Waiting for the Beat to Kick In does that ring yeah. any bells yeah 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 so it's <laughs> it, it opens really powerfully man um, what does he say? I, I wrote this down. Yeah, silently I step up with the subversive subtext, trying to feed the need for more than just a remedial subjects. Place my faith in the belief that the general public will open up their minds to more than just an industry puppet. I ain't a preacher preaching doom and gloom. Well, not just yet. But if there's something I feel strongly about, then I'll discuss it. And if I only make one album before I kick the bucket, I'll hold that album to my heart in my grave and say, fuck it. And then it just starts. And it's yeah. just it's beautiful stories that it's um, waiting for the beat to kick in, but it never does. So you know, obviously it's a metaphor for life. Yeah. And it's haunting. It's fucking brilliant. And he meets all these characters, Edward, Pete Dowd, uh, Lloyd Dobler. I, grew, I had to research them when I was doing this this episode. Walter Neff. They're all fictional characters from films. They're all men, often, you know, white men, and they're all just trying to solve a mystery. And all these people encounter him in a dream. Yeah. And they're trying to give him some wisdom. And the wisdom is essentially to be kind to, you know, the fact that you think you're a nice guy, you're not. And you're going to be waiting for the beat to kick in, but it never does. And it's just... I remember listening to it being like, whoa, like, you know, it's just existential, basically. It's existential shit. It's like you think life is going to be X, Y, Z. And it's not. And your best virtues and all that kind of stuff are going to lead you to X, Y, Z and lead to outcomes. I was 23. I was going to my final year of uni. So my, I was with my girlfriend at the time and I was going through a breakup, a really heavy going breakup. So it's like, what happens next? And my cousin bought me the album. He was at the uni in Surrey. He was doing astrophysics. And he bought me the album. He goes, this is right up your fucking street. He wasn't, he's not a hip hop head. He was a big metal head. And he goes, but he liked this shit. And he like went, Doom. No, sorry. Yeah, and he, and he saw them live and he bought me a t-shirt. He's like, these guys, you're going to be a guy. You're going to fucking love him. You know, knowing the way you think. And this is before I even studied philosophy and stuff. But it was just a moment of like, fuck. Like, that was heavy. That was really heavy. Like, you're going to be waiting for the beat to kick in. 
but it never does. And I was like, oh. And it's still, and I listen to it the other day, and it still was like, this is dope. I've not heard that album for, I don't know, five years or so? I mean, it came out in 2008. It's like nearly 15 yeah. years old. I mean, it's a great yeah. fucking track, dude. Give it a listen. It's a great yeah. fucking track. It's a, I used to listen to that a lot. I mean, I... Uh, no, yeah, what... When in 2008, yeah, I was, I was going through a breakup there, um, but it was around the time when, yeah, because obviously I bought it. I think I got the album for um, Dash Always Kill because that's what everyone got it for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great track, um, and it was, it was sort of thing that I could, like, it was hip hop enough that I liked it, but it means I could play it. Uh, like in her company because yes, she was yes, into, yes, yes. you know, Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I know, into, you know like the yeah. strokes and the libertines and all that kind yes, of stuff yes, yes. Um, and yeah it's a it's a good album it's a good album it's a solid album and that's I a mean, good that, track that track is haunting like, yeah. and they did some stuff afterwards and then they disbanded but um, I mean that track even now it's just beautiful I mean the production I'm a production man the production's neither here nor there but it's, it's, a, piece of, it's a piece of poetry it's beautiful yeah and great album art as well oh amazing amazing the whole kind of like what's it I don't know what you can call that Anim- animation kind of weird thing like Wallace yeah. and Gromit type of animation yeah claymation type claymation that's the word I'm looking for yeah yeah cool crazy no I like that that's and we're, you're right we've got a very kind of British well because we're, Brit- we're Brits aren't we we're Brits and we're, the stuff that would hit home to us I guess would be stuff that speaks to us I guess uh, which is sort of- interesting Mm. Uh, which segues nicely into my next one. Um, <laughs> which is British. <laughs> 1999. Ah, yes, the Spice Girls third album. Yes, where they had a rap on it. Yes. Um, thank you for that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was, uh, funnily enough, a uh, an album. Yeah, 1999, released on Big Dada. Big Dada. Da- 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 da. <laughs> Big da da, I don't know. No. <laughs> Big da da, yeah. Uh, and um, brand new second hand by Roots Manoeuvre. <laughs> yes, witness the fitness motherfucker. That, yeah, just. Uh, wait a sec, was that Witness the Fitness was on Run Come Save Me? It's a different album, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, my, that's my favourite Roots Manoeuvre tune, yeah. What's the name oh, of this album great. again? Uh, it's his first album, Brand New Second Hand. Yes, I haven't, I haven't heard this in 20 years, man. I'm going to write yeah. it down again. Yeah, yeah, you need to go back to it. I mean, I heard this, from the, li- I heard this from the library, dude. I rented it from the fucking. Remember oh, when you did that? When I you can rent that. CDs from the library and then you can listen to it or rip them? I rented that from the fucking library 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, it's so good, though. I mean, it's, it's so. Like. I, the whole again, album I, or a track or what? Right, so I think Movements was a great track. Mm-hmm. That's how it kicked off. Uh, Motion 5000, which I think was released as a single, was um, was a great track. Um, Juggle Ting's Proper was released, I think, as a single, but I don't remember it. But there's... Um, but Motion 5000 is just... Well, mo- no, Movements. Movements is the, 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 it's the first track on the album. And it's just this... Uh, it's just... Oh, I don't know. It's just beautiful. It's really, it's produced by Roots Maneuver as well. And it's some of his later work, he kind of stepped away. He did most of the production on the album. Um, 
I was listening to it last night again and it's just I kind of sit there thinking this is so good I mean you know what you're going to get with this kind of um, lyricism he's got a really distinctive voice he's got a very kind of British voice as well hasn't he but without it being kind of overly uh, it doesn't kind of get in the way if that makes sense bro he was he was the amount of times that British rappers have tried to rap American and stuff like that he was so fucking confident and he's you know the whole Jama- the South, he's Jamaican he's Jamaican British yeah, yeah. and the confidence the swagger in which he delivers his stuff he's 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 an original Roots Maneuver is a pioneer he's what you would call a pioneer man yeah oh yeah. Well, he's he's the I mean him Wiley maybe Ty yeah, uh, yeah. Hate, Cypher they're I, like the, I hate to say this though bro like I have so much I've heard his obviously I've heard his discography and stuff I know his stuff and I have so much respect for him but I don't know what happened something happened that I missed the window to be affected by him so what what happened for you as a white boy in Lincoln like what when you hear Roots Maneuver how is that a wild moment because for me like I have respect for him but I don't listen to Roots Maneuver barring you know a few tracks here and there like what is the thing that makes you go jaw drop like what the fuck wow well I don't think I heard him in 99 I think it might have been I might have been 99 actually 2000 because I was like the people I was hanging around with were like drum and bass yeah that's uh, that was, yeah yeah you know it was drum and bass it was that kind of stuff uh, but you had this is where Ninja Tunes kind of had a crossover didn't they with UK hip hop and Big Della and stuff and occasionally like some of these tracks would appear and it's to hear someone doing what I liked I mean, I was listening to a lot of Rakim and um, Eric B and Rakim at that sort of time. And here is somebody that doing what I liked in a way that was kind of different, but, but still really good, but sounded like a bit like me. Not a bit like me, because, you know, uh, more like me. He's only, yeah, because he's British. He's very British. Yeah. And to hear, and to hear it, and the, the the music was so atmospheric. That for that album, I think I think it's a better album than um, Run Come Save Me, which was a, like this huge album, wasn't it? Two thousand four, yeah. Yeah, I mean that was massive. You had uh, Witness One Hope on it. You had uh, what was the one towards the end? Where... Bro, listen, he had me. Oh, fucking was it? Down ten pints of bitter cheese on toast. I yeah. sit here contented with this cheese on toast. If there's yeah. a, if there's not a more British line, if there's a more British line in in history, I've never heard it. Yeah. I sit here contented well, with this I mean, cheese that, on toast. That album. I mean, Dreamy Days was the one on that album because you played that with girls and it was just. Um... No, nah, witness, man. Yeah. Witness the fitness, man. I fucking yeah. love that track so much man still to this day man but go back go yeah. back and listen to his first album like yeah. the mu- I think the production on it is better I yeah. like Motion 5000 which is the last track um, want to say Oh Yeah which is second to last track Movements is great Juggle Tings Proper was the one that was released uh, Big Tings Guidan is 
We've got to have an episode where you just pronounce like fucking patois. That's going to be great. Well, I can either go for it. It's like when you speak French, isn't it? You know, you can go. Or like when you go to France and you just say English words in a French accent really badly over the top. I could could do it. I could either go for it or I could, you know, try and step back and give. Yeah. My my patois ain't great. My patois is probably intermediate. Yours is definitely beginner level. And we get someone who actually speaks patois. And we put the three together. It'd be quite interesting. Oh, I'm glad that you think I'm at beginner level. I didn't think I was doing quite that well. Bro, I'm just, I just Dr. Googled your, this, this album, the first album, brand new second hand. And next man from The Vice, as if that's the fucking authority. But I have more respect for The Vice, the Vice than I do for fucking The Source. And it says, hard to believe, it's been, this is in 2014. Yeah. Hard to believe it's 15 years since this album was made. It's, it's um, hard to believe that nothing as good has ever come out of the UK hip hop scene. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. But it was that my wow moment was the fact that it was as a British voice. This is a British voice doing Bro, something that I love. That is so many people had that. So many people yeah. had that. So many. Uh, if you listen to that Ramesh Rangan Aiden podcast, everyone seems to be have that moment like when you felt confident enough to be able to rap in English, as it were. Yeah. yeah. And it's a and it's a good album. It's a good album. But just go listen. Go listen to Motion Five Thousand. Listen to Movements. Bro, this, do you know what? Of all the podcasts we've done, this is the most homework I've ever had, man. This is great homework. <laughs> no, seriously, it's good, man. It's like because obviously you're always looking out for new music to listen to, and it's so fucking shit. So sometimes new music is going back to old music. So this is beautiful, man. Cool. Well, me too. I mean, to be fair, I may not go back to listen to Buster because I have heard that. Yeah. Oh no, no, you don't. Uh, need to hear that. Yeah, um, but yeah I'm going to go back to Dan Lasak going to go back to DJ Crush probably not going to go back to Wu-Tang Reunited because no, I actually didn't enough. I didn't like that track if I'm honest <gasps> Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. We're, we're we know, but it's triumph, isn't it? Like we're talking about mountains and and stuff and triumph. It's skipped to triumph, don't you? It's been an hour and eight minutes, and you talked about your mountains. You did well. <laughs> You've not mentioned the c word or the um, <laughs> km. <laughs> and I'm not gonna. Hopefully, not gonna. Okay, um, still what time. We got next. We got next. Um, so we're done down the sack. The next. Next one, this is the one I was most excited to talk about. So you got the spoiler I shared with you. Yeah. So the spoiler I shared with you was Akala from 2007. It was a track called Where I'm From. And it's on the 2007 Freedom Lasso album. But the version I sent you doesn't exist anywhere. It doesn't it, well, it exists obviously somewhere because I sent you it. But it doesn't exist on the internet. You can't find it on YouTube. You can't find it on Spotify, anywhere like that. But he, I was, this is going to sound really geeky. So he had like some sort of, you know, before YouTube and internet was like the whole, before Instagram, wherever these social media things existed, Spotify. Um, I was part of his like um, fan group and he released a collection called, um, it's called a collection of random thoughts in 2010. And he shared uh, unreleased things, um, etc you know promos and what have you yeah and that was on there and he gave you like a little bit of a story it's like it came in like a little came in the post in a little pack and we had a poetry book as well in double thoughts and it was some handwritten note from his pa or something probably from him probably from him i I met him a few times before that so i wouldn't be surprised if it was him because at that point and this is important to my 
you know moment um, because he was really kind of like you know grassroots I remember meeting him a number of times and having a hug and having a chat about some of the tracks talking to him about the Arsenal results actually because yeah. he's, he's a big Arsenal fan um, in 2006 when he came to Cardiff I saw him so many times like because he always performed at venues where there's like 50 people yeah and um so this thing called Collection of Random Thoughts where that track with the bonus verse. I mean, you heard the bonus verse. What do you think, of the, yeah. what do you think to the bonus verse? Oh, it's good, man. It's, it's good. Mad, double speed's oh. mad, right? Oh, yeah. That was so... You know when you just put, I put it on and I think one of the kids came into the room like while I was listening to it. I was like, get out! <laughs> and then sort of like turned it out. It was just on my phone and just kind of turned it like... This is so good. Um, I, can't, I can't. I can't deal with anything else. I just need to listen to this. It's so good, and it? it's dense. Yeah. It's poli- so political. So political. Come on, Tony. Do you really believe? You know, the laws for the police are going to change anything and so on. It's just so dense. Double speed. And when he released the album, they got rid of that verse. And he said in the notes, he said, "We got rid of the verse." And he goes, "I don't fucking know why." And you can't find a version of it anywhere online with that verse in it which is why I had to send you that audio file. Um, but that's when I knew Akala, when I first heard him in 2005, his album came out in 2006, but he came out in 2004 with the war mixtape one. He was a Miss Dynamite's younger brother. Yeah, yeah. And I played Shakespeare to my sister, you know, the black Shakespeare, yeah. right? That track, the yeah. famous track, we dance the beat. And she looked at me, you know, she's at Oxford at the time. She's like, it's very good, isn't it? He's very, he's very good. It was the line, it was a track called Yeah, 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 where he goes, um, uh, oh, he, made, he made some just really, par- you know, parodic lines and stuff, like really good wordplay. And great lyricist and so on and so forth. And then 2008 comes out, this mixtape. Freedom Lasso comes out before that. He eschews the word nigger. He gets the word, he takes the word nigger out of his vernacular and he explains why as well, for political reasons. And um, he was so, because he's only a year older than me. So we, we grew up, so, his consciousness and my consciousness of what we were being exposed to somehow it was constantly coalescing. It was really weird. Um, I've grown up with him, um, literally, you know, in the sense that, you know, in terms of age and stuff. And that track was amazing where I'm from 2007. I was like, wow, this is just unfucking believable. And then, you know, he had a few hours, we had three albums out, and then something happened in 2011 which changed everything for him. Everything. And it changed everything for British hip hop, and it had a massive fucking earthquake moment which was his fire in the booth I was about to say is it fire in the booth yeah, yeah. his fire in the booth there's a before there's a before fire in the booth of Carla and an after fire in the booth of Carla before that like I said I go to gigs 50 people ama- absolutely amazing you know find no enemy on double think and stuff like that it's just unbelievable and he's continued and he can that fire in the booth you know which is I would say the you know again I know we might argue about this but I think it's the best quote-unquote 10-minute freestyle essay whatever of its type right better than Black Thought better than anyone because what he does in it is such a game changer there's nothing has happened comparable it happened in one take he covers so much ground it is unbelievable and I remember giving it I started my PhD that year in 2011 and so obviously context matters with all these things as you've mentioned with us three and so on context matters obviously that's why it's a wild moment and I remember 
that was a moment where I was like, you know, I can share this with my peers, my professors. They can say, well, when you want to boo-boo rap, listen to this. And I gave it to some of them. And they were like, this is fucking unbelievable. This, is, this should be taught. And we started a Gil Scott Heron reading group, actually, partly out of this, because Gil, Gil Scott Heron was having a renaissance at the same time. We started looking at hip-hop and, and spoken word and stuff. We started a little reading group. And um, funnily enough, three Fire in the Boost later, Akala actually says, you know, countless PhDs have studied my Fire in Boost-like texts. So yeah. he clearly fucking knew he was good. Right? And he got given an honorary doctorate as well later. So I wasn't the only one sharing his shit. But the wow moment happened earlier. It was a 2007 where I'm from. That You could see there was a really clear political, such a unbelievably articulate artist. He did some F64s for SPTV, which were unbelievable. But after Fire in the Booth, I remember I took my girlfriend at the time then to see him. I said, we went back to the same venue I'd seen him. Not I went to Oxford to see him in 2010, 50 people again. Me and my sister and cousin were hanging out with him at the bar afterwards. And he said to me, you were giving it some welly at the welly during the gig, weren't you? We were talking about, because he's a, he's a math genius as well. He's part of fucking Mentor or some shit like that. He's a complete, he's part of the Royal Society of Mathematics. The guy's a fucking whiz kid. We were talking about maths and we were talking about XYZ. We were stood there talking with him and his DJ for a good hour, me, my sister and my cousin. Come 2011, after far in the booth, 2012, I went to see him in Sector in Bristol. You couldn't even, the, the crowd was packed. Yeah. You couldn't even, we couldn't even get close. I mean, the whole thing was completely rammed. I was like, what the fuck has happened here? And it was, it was a bittersweet moment for me because... I was so happy to see this guy finally, the same venue I'd seen him in three years prior, it was just like 50 of us. And now you couldn't even get a fucking space. Uh, and he had Mike Wright supporting him. And it was great. And I've seen him a few times since and it's always been rammed. And it's a beautiful thing because I'm finally thinking, vindicate, this guy's finally got the recognition he deserves. But a bit like what I was alluding to earlier with the very much the kind of your, your best kept secret type thing. Yeah. For a good five years, like, you know, he was mine. You know what I mean? Like in a you know, creepy way. Like that was my kind of like, this is my dude. I knew him and, I, and there was a few of us that would get together and it was like, you know, it was, um, there's a few of us that knew, you know what I mean? Real recognize real. And the fire in the booth was unbelievable. But after that, now, fucking, he fills out arenas. Like, the guy's massive. And the music has never been as good since, either. Well, he's a best-selling author as well, isn't he? Yeah, when he writes now, he's, he's brilliant. Yeah, he's, he's a poetry. renaissance man. He does documentaries about Odysseus. He does all sorts of stuff. Like, he doesn't, you know, he need to be so good. You know, the hunger has, yeah. has, has waned and he can do other things now. He's, you know, he's late 30s now. But, he, did a, um, he did a kid's book. Uh, a, I have to admit, yeah. it's, it's not very good. No, Amber said it was dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> Amber, yeah. who's never, Andy, who's never one to mince their words, said it was awful. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was crap. When you can consider how impressive he is on the mic amazing I mean I'll, I'll next time I see you I'll, you can have the book I'm, I'm reading it to my kids again it's you no, know visual novels are awful this. as well which is you know it is, it is sad isn't it but yeah that, that dude that the fire in the booth is the quote unquote wow moment because yeah. it was like but, I, but it wasn't for me the wow moment the wow moment was before that and it was that what I sent you but yeah. you can't just, you can't share it it doesn't exist out there in the world so the moment that changed everything for Mr. Ricardo which turned him from like underground artist to like 
very famous, very wealthy individual was that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's well. The track you sent me was amazing. I'd never heard it before, obviously. Uh, and yeah, I mean, to be fair, DJ Crush and Akala were bound to get mentioned, weren't they, for wild moments from you? Yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you make to fire? In the, when did you first hear the fire in the booth? Like, what was your reaction? Because obviously, it was outstanding, wasn't it? Uh, when was it? I didn't hear it straight away. I don't. I don't listen to radio because it's Radio One, wasn't it? It was Charlie Soth 2011. It was like April 2011. Yeah. And when it came out, I was like, Hallelujah, vindication. I was like, Now yeah. all the fuckers that they've been hearing me bang on about a Carla for five years. Oh, Lord, D's always banging. On, my name's D. It banging on about a Carla. I was like, Now you fuckers will realise. And but then they, but they, they really remember. Did. No, but they don't remember, do they? When you just, they go, Have you heard of a Carla? He's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to tell you that. <laughs> yeah, you say that now. Um, yeah. Uh, it was later. It was later. I don't know, it's about 2013? No, 20, 2014. My, yeah, my son had not long been born. And, and he, he introduced you to it. He did, actually, yeah. Uh, he said, hey, Daddy, I've got this kid. got this kid. He's very, very, very... Uh, 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 articulate baby but yeah I've got this uh, kids book by someone called Akala it's not very good but I hear that this rap's much better have yeah. you tried that in the booth I heard this uh, far in the booth is um, epic yeah yeah uh, no I can't remember how because you you mentioned it to me again didn't you and that would have been about like 2016 or something uh, and I went back to it again it's just like yeah that's pretty amazing that's unbelievable yeah unbelievable well, I mean, I mean I, I've got Black Thoughts freestyle on my list um, yes, 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 yes. Uh, and I, I feel like crossing it out now. No, no, we got, we got to do it. Oh, I've got loads of honourable mentions. Um, well, I mean, Black Thought Freestyle. I mean, that was the one that I think I heard that. I was sat on the train on the way to work. Yes. And something, and something came up on Twitter. Um, and I kind of, oh, okay, Black Thought's done a freestyle. Knowing Black Thought's freestyle, I thought, right, okay. And check it out watch the video I think I think I managed to get like two and a half minutes into it and I text you straight away go and watch this this is just something amazing and it was I mean I was trainers at like quarter to seven in the morning or something crazy like that uh, so I, I think you responded at about like half seven or something uh, like what are you going on about idiot <laughs> like leave me alone um, how did you get my number uh, but anyway, I think, like I watched the whole time, it's like, and I watched it again, and then I watched it again, and then I watched it at like, and I went the whole way to work, just kind of rewinding it back to the beginning of the video. I say rewinding like we're in the nineties, um, going back to the beginning of the video, this YouTube video, and just uh, listen to it again and again and again. So I must have heard it like four or five times by the time I got to work, and and then you text me. 
back for like, like whoa, that is just unbelievable. I'm in an iron chair with people who care. Don't get the lion's share. When I don't give a fuck, then I ain't fair. I'm on a higher chair. Has silence hanging there? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a. It was. You know what it was about that? I remember I moved house like that weekend. Things were so chaotic. I remember hearing it and thinking. I knew back thought. And I've never been a big roots fan, obviously like yourself. But you, you know what I love about that freestyle? And I remember listening back to it so many times since, and it gets better every time. Is his attitude? It's the aggression and the attitude with, with, with which it's delivered, right? He's obviously gone there with his sunglasses on, and he's gone there game face. Yeah, um, and it's not a freestyle, you know. Let's put the freestyle to bed, right? I don't know why people sit in. in I think the big tweet that got it, the big hits, was um, P Diddy or Puff Daddy, whatever he fucking P Quiddy Diddy, whatever he goes by nowadays, saying here's the best freestyle in the history of rap, right? Which is fair play to the guy because he uses platform to share this thing and the attitude with which he delivers it. I love it. It's the bit, you know, wait, 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 this my favorite bit of it in, in, in all the whole thing about his calf caress because this that little yeah. dense lyrical thing. My favorite bit, Marcus. I'd love to hear your favorite bit. Is you know the bit where he's just got it's like the agitation has worked itself up to a crescendo and he goes, Emperor Juffy Juffa, motherfucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That bit is just yes, towards the end, isn't it? That yeah, is man. the bit. But he just he's just like Emperor Juffa. He's like, what more do you oh. fucking want me to give you, you fucking cunt? It's, it's the it's the it's the, build, it. it's the building up to that, isn't it? It's like it's um, just brilliant. What is it? Um I like um approach your altar with your offering. I saw rappers rotten like you're my only offspring. Mm. Being his excellence excellency gets to be exhausting. You're yes. in the residence of the one yes. that's the king, Dada Alibama, the talented Mr. Trotter inside my right palm is the market stigmata, big chopper week uh, big papa, big chopper, emperor, Jaffy Jaffa, motherfucker. I'm stronger than coffee out of papa. Have you memorized that? No. Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, I have. No, I haven't. It's the, it's the way in which he delivers it. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like. How much more do you want me to give you before you recognize you're dealing with greatness? Well, you that's, the ne- that's the next bit. It's like, um, oh, your um, vagina hot. Re- remind me of a can of pop. Yeah. Step in the booth on my bull inside a china shop. Molly whopping. Watch another cut and put his body drop. And every time we rock, acting like it's Mardi Gras until that party stops. Got off like for that Ferrari drop. And it's just like. <sighs> I, I, Marcus, I take it back. The car is far in the bush. Not as good as this. It's not. No, it's not. <laughs> this, is, this is better. This is better for rap terms. This is better for social consciousness. The other one's better. Yeah, yeah, no. I think that's the thing. They're doing two different things, aren't they? Mm. But this, the, the just the sheer capability. I mean, oh, it's so aggressive. It's so not. A, I love it. It's not a freestyle. It. It's not a freestyle, but it's it doesn't so need to be. Yeah, I mean, love what's it. The, the, there's a bit. What's the bit? Um, uh, my homie told me to come with him uh, to the masjid then brothers say don't go from written bars filled with rage to primetime television in your gilded cage yeah, and forget yeah, there's yeah. people in the world still enslaved yeah, yes yes and then, and then the next line I barbed wide my wrist and let it fill the page yes oh. that beat it's a Dre beat is it it's a mob deep beat isn't it it's a mob deep track isn't it Havoc yeah 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 it is yeah is it a Dre beat no, no, it's a it's a mob deep track. By Havoc. Yeah. 
Right, 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 right. Oh, what was it? What, what track is it? It's a fucking sick beat. I, yeah, it's a mob. I know it's a mob deep beat, definitely. I don't know if Dre produced it for mob deep or if Havoc produced it himself. But yeah, fucking what an inspired choice of beat, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it. Is a, it was a wild moment. It was a wild moment, man. It was a wild moment for the culture. It's, that's, so that's your fifth moment. And that was 2017, wasn't it? Yeah. It's dope, man. It's dope. I, I think it was just my reaction to I mean, I still go back and listen to it. Uh, I think everyone fucking does. I think it's <laughs> good. That's okay. That's all right, then. Because, well, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. That's his start. I'm sorry for your loss. There's a body dead in the car. It's probably one of yours. The writing all over the window and the walls. Yeah, remember what is true of us. We shouldn't have got involved. It's just, it's just beautiful. It's stepping into a room, isn't it? Step into a room and just everybody goes silent. That's that's what he does with this. What I love about this funk flex or the LA leakers format, because Commons freestyle recently was fucking awesome. Was like, unbelievable. What I, even Jake, what I love about this forum, in the Far in the Booth forum, it's for someone like Black Thought, who by that point has been doing it for 25 years, can can do that. Can, can, he's had it. I mean, remember hearing a podcast recently with Quest or, uh, Questlove and saying the dude's had his career highlight 26, 27, 30 years into his career. That's his yeah. career highlight there. Yeah. And ever since then, now he's got these, you know, EPs that are coming out, um, streams of thought, one, two, three. And he can do cookery shows and do what the fuck he wants and he's got a house band. And like, but he's had his career highlight 30 years in. It's just a nice, beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Like, honestly, like, pe- people like me who have, you know, fruit skept- not skeptics, but not big lovers, can hear that. Yeah, but then you can hear that and you can be like, you, like I said, the fucking, you know, Emperor Jaffa Jaffa motherfucker by that point, he yeah. just had me. It's like the aggression, the attitude, you know, that part of the delivery is the attitude. And the way in which you deliver that, I'm like, motherfucker, like, this is just, I remember just, that wasn't, for me as well, that was a jaw dropping moment. That was an yeah. incredible freestyle, a quote unquote freestyle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I love freestyles. I mean, I still go back and listen to the 8 Mile um, soundtrack. Right. Just, I love, I love like hearing freestyle battle rap. And this is, can you imagine this is a battle rap? Someone just stepped up and, okay, right, we're going to start. They can't do that. They drop the 16. You can't do that. It's, just, yeah. it's too much. And the best, the best freestyle rapper I've heard is King Loves. I mean, King. Oh, you dude. shared that with me. Oh my god. Yeah. King, King, King Lowe's King, King Lowe's I mentioned him like four or five podcasts back King Lowe's is unbelievable like he's un- he's fucking sick like he's just he, he can't, words fail me dude is dude is next level well that's he, he was freestyling wasn't he yes that's the thing he, he literally was freestyling it wasn't like, I mean you get that other guy I've seen the other guy live super magic what's the fucking guy super magic super fragile magic this, this FBL Adocious the guy with super magic what's his name man fuck you know who I'm talking about where you throw a word to him and the guy would freestyle about something but it was really boring but that's what Black Thought used to do back in the day that, that was that was him and Questlove used to sit Questlove on the drums and people just used to throw words at him and he'd be like you in a blue jumper you know I'm a you know whatever and then he'd just bring it in and just rap that's about right. everything that's around him and that's every, what that's every what rapper no, yeah, King knows all the rappers learn that you learn all the ways like you know rhyme rhymes right it's 
Finland and stuff. But there was a guy who made his career out of that. Super Magic. I think his name was Super Magic. I saw him live, dude. Oh, the dude from the uh, like Central Park type. Yeah. Right. yeah, Super, yeah, yeah. What was his Super name? Magic. Super Magic. Something like that, yeah. yeah it was Super and it was Magic, fine, yeah. but it was gimmicky. It wasn't. It's like, yeah. it loses. It's like, oh, that's great. You just know how to rhyme. Like, it's a basic parlor game, isn't it? Yeah, you know how to rhyme. And your brain has been very attuned at rhyming things. And it's very formulaic and it's very good. But what King Lowe's does, you know, you take a theme, like what you said earlier about the literature review, for example, the chronological versus thematic thing. He can take it and he can do it thematically. It's just, it's just yeah. It's like, how are you fucking doing this? Like, this is insane. Like, this is. Anyway. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a comedian, um, English guy, weirdly, coming back, who went over to America and he does, he basically, that's what he does. Um, it's called Chris Turner. And basically, he goes around, and one of his little tricks in his comedy shows is he gets, he'll go around and he'll get like five topics, any topics that people have kind of suggested. Yeah. Uh, and then he just creates a freestyle rap about it. And he's actually quite good. I mean, he's English guy. He's he's very well educated. He's very knowledgeable about a lot of stuff. So he's able to put it into context. He puts on this weird American type accent. So he's, you know, Roots Maneuver's got nothing to worry about. But he's, uh, yeah, he he's loads of stuff on on YouTube about well, him. But I reckon I could do what he does based on my freestyle bars, which we'll share later. <laughs> Genuinely, because I've realised yeah. it's a very quick way to solve a conundrum. It's a very shit system, but it works. Yeah, well, it's, it's building the ideas together, isn't it? That's oh, it's bit. easy. It's yeah. fucking once you once you get what's going on, it's so easy. I feel like I I hit fucking gold with this thing. Have you got cheat mode on? It's cheat mode, yeah. I feel nice. I feel lesser for it, but I feel like I figured it out. Are you just are you just dialing it in like uh, like any rapper at the end of their career? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Oh, dude, man, that was um, 2017. Oh, bro, yeah, I, I knew you were gonna talk about it, so I didn't put it on my own list. I I, I knew you were gonna talk about that, so I, that's why I had my Carlos far in the booth as well to match it. But um, well, I almost didn't. I almost thought I could. Like, I, had I couldn't. To, I had to be there. How yeah, could yeah. not be there as a wild yeah. moment. Fuck, it was a, it was a, it was a culture. Pete Diddy fucking tweeted about it to everyone. Come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, Funkmaster Flex, who is a kind. Well, I was gonna say really annoying um, but yeah but the, his face like if you watch the video his face in it is just like oh, what the hell is it because you can just see like it got to like three minutes he's just like whoa whoa and then just like after a while he's just like looking around at the other people in, in there with him like he's not stopping and it's getting it's getting worse what's happening and can I ask you a serious question yeah have you seen the Royce Five Nine freestyle with Funkmaster Flex? Yes. Is it better? Yes. Uh, no. Why not? Because uh, I'm biased. The beat's better because it's oh, Nas. It's, pro- uh, it's not Nas. It's the Nas beat, right? So it's a better yeah. beat. But um, is the rapping better? Is the content better? Um, uh, of a part, I'd say the delivery from Black Thought because it's so dense. Delivery's better. Yeah, delivery's better for Black Thought, and that's what makes yeah. it better. Black Thought delivery's better, definitely. But I tell you what, Royce Five Nine. I mean, I think Black Thought set the reset the bar for these freestyles. 
I mean, Common did one, didn't he? Like, it wasn't me. Oh, it was Christ. good, man. It was, that was fucking good. good, man. Yeah. Like, good. he reset the bar where people was actually... Because now it's almost that's better than most people's releases. Bro, that's, 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 what, that's the thing now. The albums are so weak. That, I mean, J. Cole's album was fine. Common's album was fine <laughs> that album review I sent you of Common's album hit the nail on the head it's fine it's inoffensive he's trying his best but J. Cole's freestyle Common's freestyle Royce 5 uh, fair yeah. play Royce 5.9's album was pretty good as well The Allegory um, and I will say that um, Black Thoughts album is great as well yeah those EPs they're great I mean that track Dostoevsky fucking oh, unbelievable fucking awesome uh, what's that with one was it Rick <laughs> Is it Ritalin? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, fentanyl, yeah. Fentanyl, 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 fentanyl. The yes. thing that killed Prince and Michael. Fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh, oh man. No, no, those EPs, I'm like, you know, now I'm like, yes, yes, Black. I can get with you, man. This is this is my shit now. Yeah, yeah. He's he's really matured, like fine wine. <laughs> he's been doing it for years, though. That's the thing. But it's hidden behind that kind of like jazzy. Dum, 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 dum. Yeah. You know that. It's like you said, the fucking dude did cool G rap and fucking... Big Daddy Kane. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy can rap his ass off. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, as rappers say he's top three of all time. They yeah. Rappers say that. I know he's been doing it for so long as well. And he's consistent. Like, there's not... I've never heard a bad rap. I mean, yeah. And I don't think I've ever heard, like, one and gone, uh, are you sure? Mm. Didn't quite work. No, they're all... Come on, man. No, that, that, that freestyle was um, was levels, man. Or, yeah, the Royce freestyle I thought was awesome as well. I thought Royce's LA Leakers freestyle was unbelievable. Did you hear that freestyle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a line where he says um, about Fibonacci sequences. Yeah. <laughs> he goes spitting like something like a biblical Fibonacci sequence. It, the way he builds to it, I just fucking lost my shit. Listen, listen to it again if you haven't. And if you don't I'm going to go back to it. Yeah, yeah. It's the the Royce Five Nine LA Leakers freestyle, and there's a line where he has rapping something in a biblical Fibonacci sequence, and the way it builds and the way it continues after, obviously, is contextual. But the when it when it dropped, I was like, fuck, this guy's good. Like seriously. Yeah, worth a shout. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, oh, you've got one more left, haven't you? I was about to. Yeah, of... and my 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 wow moment doesn't really live up now, but um, because I'm trying to spread the load, as it were. <laughs> um, it's 2017 again. Okay. And it's someone we don't talk about a lot. It's Kendrick. Okay. And it's DNA. Good call. Well, we, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? I think. Did we? Uh, yeah, didn't I have that as my? What was it? Uh, what was the one we did a couple of weeks? Uh, like a few? Wasn't the last one? I'm sure I had that on my list. <laughs> what, what was the topic? <sighs> What's the topic? Uh, ba, 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 ba. Well, it wasn't football. <laughs> oh, it was uh, spring from the seasons. Oh yeah, yeah, seasons. You had that I in there. I had that, yeah. Fuck, why? I can't remember. <laughs> I, I don't think I, we ended up choosing it, but it was... Uh, For me, yeah. dude, it was, it was before um, um, yeah, Black Thought. Okay, yeah. Um, it was June, July 2017. 
Yeah. I was with a student at BG, Bishop Grosteste University used to work at the time. I was sat out in the courtyard and um, she was a big rap head and we were talking away, but I was saying, no, I heard this track and I was, and I remember saying to her, which is why it was the first song that came to me when the topic was raised with the wow moments. It's like, it's a genuine moment. I was like, you know, wow. Like, oh my God, I didn't know hip hop could surprise me or do something to shock me or like, that was like really impressive. And that was six months before Black Thoughts Freestyle. And I knew you were going to talk about it, so I didn't part of that one. And, um, but bro, yeah, like Kendrick had been building. I mean, I heard about him, like this to Section 80, 2011. Yeah. Um, Good Kid Mad City. Uh, Pimper Butterfly was outstanding. It was so ele- you know eclectic. It was different. It was very jazz influenced. It was very, very experimental. The Untitled Unmastered 2016. So this guy's been building, like you know chronologically, he's been building. And then this song, the album won in the Pulitzer, which was fucking bizarre because it's not that great. It's actually awful, I think, to be honest. Damn, it's not a great album. And he's won the Pulitzer Prize for literature or some shit like that. Like, I don't fucking, I don't get it. How he's won that when there's been so many better hip hop albums and well, he's, you know. he's had better albums, but yeah, I think he's that, had better. Yeah, Pimp Butterfly was better. Yeah, exactly. It was just, it was a tokenistic gesture, wasn't it? But um, but do you know what? It's fine. You can't take go back it. in. You can't go back in time. So, yeah, yeah. Fine. And in, it, at that time, <laughs> probably. You know, if you had, if you yeah. had to give it to you, somebody you, in hip hop, you, you take that or you compare it to Illmatic. But you know, we're talking about different times, aren't we? Yeah, Illmatic is a Pulitzer. Illmatic it, is a yeah. Pulitzer every day of the week. This album is a fucking not not a great album, but this track it blew me away sonically, lyrically, conceptually. You know, the I video, got, was, I got, I got. I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty. The Don Cheadle, yeah. The um, there's an homage, you know. He's um, doing an homage, which even Don Cheadle, I listened to an interview with him, he didn't pick up on, which was um, Kendrick was doing the um, uh, Karate Kenny from Rush Hour. So Don Cheadle played Karate Kenny and the, you know, the whole outfit, the, the dress, and so on. The uh, insert of the conservative commentator, I don't know, Glenn something. He's saying hip hop has done more damage to African Americans than any, and then he says, you know, fuck your life, and then the whole sonic all kind of um, interlude comes in the, the, the last third of the track where it goes into chaos. And Kendrick apparently was asking for, um, he, was, he wanted to sound like complete and utter chaos. It was a very jazz. Kendrick's got a very jazz sensibility, actually. Jazz, yeah. Butterf- yeah, and I like, I love that about him. Some uh, jazz head. And so, what was it? Rick James sample? No, that was that was just a fucking sample of chaos, wasn't it? That last sample. No, was that Rick, Rick, Rick James, James in this? Give me some oh, no, no, the last bit. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. No. I didn't know that. No. Maybe it was. I don't know. But um, the sound was complete fucking. No, it was. It was. It was Mary Jane. Yeah. By Rick James. Yeah, you're right. I've got that in my notes. Here, I should know. That. <laughs> the well, song samples "Mary Jane" by Rick James. Yeah, like I, I talked about. Well, we, had, we I talked about the Roots Water 
um, a, a bit ago, and that's just a, a track, and then it goes into this like random cacophony of sounds and emotions and that's stuff. That's the word, bruv, cacophony. Yeah, and that's the same for this, isn't it? But Public Enemy, you know, I remember reading a paper about sound and dissonance and stuff. Hip-hop is about trying to find sense out of chaos, isn't it? And what yeah. he wanted there was utter chaos. How do you how do you make chaos but make it palatable? That's a really delicate thing. You're trying to make... Can't be, it's not John Cage, right? You're trying to make mess, but you're trying to make yourself heard through the mess. And what he does in that track, in the last third, he makes himself heard very articulate through the mess, which is a metaphor for his entire existence. Yeah. The whole track is a metaphor. He I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Like, it is such a, I remember listening to it thinking, you know what? Fuck me, man. I thought I'd heard everything I'd heard. Me. A fair play, because 2017, what's big? Future, mask off. Fuck it, mask off. Trap, basic, weekend, fucking boring, basic beats, right? And so to hear that, I was like, you know what? Fair play, man. Fair play. I remember seeing that with my student who was. So I remember I, I asked my students a lot of the time, what are you listening to? Like, what do I need to listen to? Because they're the way I can stay in touch with what's quote unquote current. So I don't have a fucking clue. So I learned about Bishop uh, Nehru and um, Kendrick, in fact, as well, uh, from a lot of my students. And that tune, I remember being blown away. I remember the tune I was talking to, her name was Chantel. I remember sitting there, she was like, yeah, it's all right. What do you mean it's fucking all right? It's unbelievable. She was like, yeah, it's all right. Anyway. Too complicated, too complex. Yeah, for, I just played the video earlier. Vicky was watching it, and Sachin was my partner, Vicky, and Sachin was there. So that's the, my, my partner, Vicky, was like, that's the first mu- music video I've seen in ages. She's watching it, she's like, we both looked at it, she's like, that was a bit odd, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's meant to be. <laughs> this is like, yeah, it's fucking unbelievable. That's part of the whole wow factor. Don Cheadle, the whole um, chaos, the whole thing, you know, like, it's just nuts. It's nuts. It's just to be a black in America, to be in this world, to be in that society, to try to figure out your grounding. Was it Kendrick? Just the pan-Africanism of it's, it's everything. It's nuts. Yeah. It's, not, it's beyond that. You know, he's dressed as a fucking Chinese man. You know, like, yeah. any, you know, yeah. this character who's not even fucking real from Rush Hour, and he gets the actor who plays him to be in the video. I mean, because. Kendrick, you know, there's a thing before that, the VMA performance in 2017, where Don Cheadle gave him an award, and Kendrick's performance at the VMAs in 2017, where he comes on the stage handcuffed, it is just an unbelievable performance. It is a virtuoso performance. It's got like three stages. Um, it's really, you can't find it on YouTube for some reason. It's fucking copyrighted. You have to find it on a Vimeo. It's unbelievable. It is so, so dense. Um, and it uses the um, cable I think it was. I can't remember the, the, the dance or it uses for the, the track, um, which would be from a slave from the block, the kind of Black of the Berry track. Yeah. Um, but Kendrick, man, like, you know, yeah, he's, um, I know we always, every now and then we kind of slag him up and say, well, he's not that great. You know, people bang on about him, like he's the best rapper alive and stuff. 
Um, and compared to what we had in the 90s, like I said, you know, you take down and compare it to Illmatic, it's not even a fucking contest. Not even a fucking contest. But um, what he did there, and what he did in this track, I have a lot of, I have a lot of time for. A lot of time for. I mean, I, I quite like that album. I think it's still, well, it, of its peers, it's still a really strong album. Damn. Damn, yeah. Oh, I, I think, think it's awful. I don't think it's... I mean, Humble, I like Humble. I, like Humble. So much. I, don't, I, I fucking hate that song. Why do I hate it so much? Uh, it's not as good as the earlier three. Well, definitely not as good as To Pimp a Butterfly. Why do, um, I dis- why do I... Marcus, why do I dislike it so much? I, I can't d- listen to it. I think it's so fucking formulaic and basic and just simple. Am I missing something here? Is that the no, whole point? I don't know. I don't know. I... If I had to choose, like, if I, I wouldn't go. Oh, I'm going to listen to some Kendrick. I'm going to put Down on as my first choice. The Pulitzer Prize winning Down. Yeah, the Pulitzer Prize winning Down. I wouldn't. But if it was on, like, I'd quite happily like listen through it. I wouldn't kind of skip, skip it. Hmm. I, I think that is because it's the only thing that I can. Or there's very little modern hip-hop that i'm happy to listen to and exactly. of its time it's it's good when you compare it back to kind of i mean again most of the time i'll then go back to kind of my back catalog and go well actually i'm gonna listen to this because it's better but i don't have any ill ill feeling towards it <laughs> no you can't hate the you hate the player right you gotta hate the game yeah and uh ilmatic low-end theory resurrection you know, we're talking about classic work here, lyricism, and we're talking about damn. Yeah, I mean, talking <laughs> the best part of, what, 30 years? Yeah. Fr- from the, the first to the last, you know, the last there. I mean, that's a generation. Oh, well, I will say, you know, DNA, the video, the lyrical performance, the virtuosoness of it, the content, the way, he, which, way in which he delivered it. I was really like, fair play, young man. Like, fair play, like, you know, yeah, yeah, that, that is good. That's good. Like, I ain't gonna hate on that. That's good. Yeah. Okay, so we've got our five. Uh, so you had, you had Buster Wuha, DJ Crush, Dan Lasak, and Scroobius Pip, Akala, and Kendrick. It's not a bad. Fivesome. Uh, I had Scratch Perverts, Big L, Us Three, Roots Maneuver, and uh, Blackthorn. That's a that's a not a bad ten like wow moments. I think you could quite happily go back and listen to all of them and just relive that feeling. Uh, honorary mentions as well. Yeah, I'll let's do that. This. Oh man. Fuck man, Lupe Fiasco, Mural 2015. That's <laughs> but I talk about this album every fucking podcast, man. I gotta stop it. Me, you're gonna say that. It's okay. It's your, you're on retainer, it's fine. Bro, it's better than Black Thoughts Freestyle. It's yeah. better than Carlos. It's unbelievable. It is so fucking good. Lupe Fiasco is one of the best rappers who has ever done it. Top five. Top five, man. It's so fucking good. Mural is so fucking good. It is when we thought he was dead and buried, it comes back with lyrics upon lyrics, imagery, unbelievable. Beat is haunting. Oh. It's haunting. Great track. 
that was like I was genuinely wowed, but I I didn't talk about it because I talked about it enough. And another one was um one that I Kano and fucking Kano. We talk about people not maturing and maybe peaking too soon or whatever. But Kano, um, the British rapper, yeah, he came back in two thousand and he came out in. I remember listening to him first year at uni, bro. He came out in two thousand four five with Home Sweet Home. He's again my age, like Carlos, Kane Robinson. Again, he played for um, I think it was a, a youth team in football as well. Um, and he came back in two thousand fifteen sixteen. With an album called Made in the Manor. Yeah. And that's fine. He hadn't made an album in about five, six years and he fell off. He did, his last great album was like only 2008. And I went to see him in Leeds a couple of years ago. Dude's my age, right? He's 30, 36, 37 now. 36, yeah. And he got a string quartet. He got fucking. Uh, brass band and he made a live instrumentation of the Made in the Manor album and he took it on tour he took it to Nassau in 2017 and he brought it to Cardiff in 2019 as well took it around the country obviously and it was beautiful it was fucking unbelievable I'm like how the fuck are you doing this like you late 30s he was like I took my time out I wanted to make I don't want to make fucking short albums I want to make I want to make something that will stand the test of time I want to make oh he's from our generation Mark yeah yeah and there is, he has a string quartet and he, and he goes like he goes this is costing me a fortune but I'm paying money out my ass to fucking get a string quartet to go around with me and a brass band but I will but he goes I'm not doing it to make money like, I'm burning money taking these musicians around with me but I'm doing it to create a legacy and what he done and what he created like live performances this is track three relapse and um, hail and you can find them on YouTube like live performances at Brighton the one at Glastonbury in 2017 of three relapse a friend of mine was there actually and he said it was just mes- mesmerizing unbelievable string quartet yeah brass band with a quote unquote grime hip hop artist Man, so much respect for Kano. And when he came here to Leeds, which is a shithole, <laughs> and he gave such an A-class performance, honestly, with live instrumentation. And he, he took what hip-hop slash grime could be, and he just transformed it. And I know Stormzy, and he got all the fucking props. I don't think Stormzy's that great, to be honest, personally. Um, it's all about what's accessible, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but Kano fucking hell man he, he's one of those examples where I talk about people not maturing or be, being better with age Kano was like you know I'm fucking late 30s now got all material I can rap how do I take my material and make it timeless and he did that and it was beautiful <laughs> and he's a great actor as well in Top Boy have you watched Top Boy? Unbelievable. Good. He's good. Emotion in like, how does he add, have you seen it through to the end? Yeah, yeah. Like when the dude dies in the fire. The, the, third, the third series. The Bro, when the kid dies in the fire. Yeah. Fucking hell, man. Yeah. <sighs> Kano, man. Kano. It's Kano in the house. He was unbelievable. Vicky went to see him with me and she fucking loved it as well, man. Now, Kano, man, seriously, live instrumentation. Yeah, man, takes pride in his craft. No, no, seriously, man, much respect to Kano. Any more honorable mentions? <sighs> One, but 
It's a go on. Just chuck like it a, out there. Yeah. A bit like an us three. Yeah. Uh, a guy called Saltillo. So S A L T I double L O. And there's a track called Locus Priory. You can find it on Spotify and stuff, so it's not like it's not like some sort of really obscure track. Um, but it, it would be very hard to say it's hip hop. It is. He would he would say he's hip hop influenced. Yeah. But um, he's a, he's a cellist. He plays drums. He does everything. In this track called Locus Priory, at two minutes ten, there is a drop that makes you question your fucking whole reason for living it is unbelievable that the drop at two minutes ten is like takes the dj cross drop and just chuck that to the side it is unbelievable it's, it is so unbelievable okay let's drop it in now <laughs> two minutes ten locust priory saltillo That was a genuine wow moment, but to call it hip hop would be a bit cute. I know. I think we can be reasonably flat. Where are the lines? There's a lot of grey area around it. I mean, we've talked about drum and bass. We've talked about uh, sort of like Caribbean music, dance hall. We've talked about all sorts of spoken word poetry. He would say he's hip hop inspired, definitely. But to call it hip hop, I'd be a bit it's a bit cheeky yeah yeah how about you man what other um, uh, mentions so um abdominal uh abdominal and dj format i think yes, i mentioned yes, this, yeah, this yeah, track yeah, to you yeah, last, yeah, last time yeah, yeah. vicious yeah, yeah. battle raps yeah it's dope <laughs> the video it's yeah like, i checked it out afterwards yeah, yeah it's dope yeah it's dope yeah, yeah. It was it, awesome. that was a wow moment because it was just a how did he do that the kind dj's of, british but he's american yeah. or canadian canadian i think yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. dj formats from i want to say hastings brighton way no it was good i loved yeah. it no it was good it was good and it's a they, good track as well they made like an album like last year as well apparently yeah, they, they did. came yeah, back yeah. together yeah 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 um abdomen was a, a good he's a good rapper a good technical rapper is that uh, a genuine wow moment no just you know when you're watching that uh, like, somehow i managed to watch the video and i have no idea how because where would you ever watch that video and it was just a kind of you like sat there watching like yeah i know this track because i had the album and then it was just kind of like wait wait what uh how what what just what the hell just happened it's there? cool it's fucking cool man yeah if you've not watched it there's a bit where he kind of goes into double time and the video yeah. speeds up to match yeah. and it's just it was cool yeah it's cool uh, yeah, it was cool that yeah that was a thing i've never seen it before i checked it out after the last podcast man it was dope it's good yeah uh, but not it's not a wow man. you know it doesn't compare with some of the others but um i had ultramagnetic mc it's the first time i heard them yes 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 they're on my shortlist as well oh they oh, yeah yes yeah. man so yeah that I mean fuck what you heard critical <laughs> critical break, break is beat down it's just yeah, oh, it's an absolute classic and then the uh, I, Lucini by Camp Low but that's not that's not a wow I don't think it's just it's like a that's new to me man what is that, yeah, what, what is that? Camp Low 997 they're like a right. like really funk kind of like they would be in the 70s uh, right. what's the track called? Um, it's called Lucini um, yeah. 
it's just just a, it's not a wow it's not really a wow moment but it, you know when you listen to it and it's just like that's different and then uh, and it, and it's a, it's really and I've been listening to it continuously I think since <laughs> since I first I must have heard it like two, I don't know 2005 or something like that it's just and I keep going back to it it's a great track um, yeah Sonny Chiba and who's the other guy now? I can't remember but they've released other albums but you know Sonny like Chiba that. as in the um, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah that's it's not the same person but like oh. I'm sure that's his, I'm sure that's his name in it and then the, the other one the last one of my honourable mentions is um, Das FX yes you know just that is yeah. which track uh, I think like because they were on Check Yourself by Ice Cube weren't they yeah man Chiggity check yourself Before you Before you riggity wreck yourself Yeah <laughs> But there's What's the track The track but, that I, but he also says in that track Big dicks in your ass Is bad for your health Yeah um, <laughs> But the, the track The track is Mike Checker Which is the oh, first yeah, so track First track did, On that first checker. album Yeah Yeah uh, Dead serious And that's Sick man It's awesome you Put that one on And it's just Bro, even uh, now you get, you get fucking jumping up don't you yeah, like, yeah. it just gives you hype man that's effects were awesome man seriously yeah. and awesome you know, and it's not wasn't just it was just like a a trick it was no, 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 it was it good was, man it was you know the, the stuff they were wrapping up was great you know the, they were technically very capable and they had this kind of this way of well you know they're in the pocket they're creating the pocket aren't they they're defining what that space is Right, you know what I keep back on, my, on our list of um, topics to talk about for podcasts? There's that Bangra hip-hop one. There's one producer, he fucking always uses Dust FX in his samples. Always. Like, always. Um, Why wouldn't you? That is great. I mean, the second such album... hype music, man. Yeah, honestly. Straight, straight Up Suicide. Again, great. That's a good album. Awesome man, it's such hype man. Yeah. The hype of that music, dirty. <laughs> They're dirty. It's like the sounds dirty as well. That East Coast. There was a, there was a famous scene in um, uh, Fresh Prince as well, isn't it? Where he's listening to Dance FX. There's a massive dance to them as well. He just goes absolutely butt wild to them. He obviously used to do the shabba and that, but he did a massive Dance FX moment as well, which I'm sure didn't help, didn't uh, harm their uh, uh, exposure any. Well, I think they went... Did they go platinum, I think? They were I mean, huge, man. They were for they a hip-hop. Huge. They were huge for a while, man. I'm sure they can fucking live off that shit for the rest yeah, of the night. Yeah, was it no 93, 92, 93, yeah. I think? Microphone check. Micro, microphone check. Microphone Microphone check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Break your my, fucking neck <laughs> they're, they're my, um, my honourable mentions. Like, defo, man. Defo. Oh, we've got some stuff to go back and listen to again, though, haven't we? Yeah, man. And I tell you what, the the um, playlist, the playlist to go with this um, episode. Our listener is going to be fucking ecstatic. <laughs> and just think, what are they going to add? Because there's going to be there's loads that they can add to the collaborative playlist. Oh, yeah, that's there as well. Hold <laughs> on. Thank you. Um, right, are we? Um, Shall we say goodbye for this one? Uh, if we have to. Okay, yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.